Folks at home, folks at home, how you doing? Mike Iaconelli here. Welcome to Ike Live, the very special West Coast Swing edition of the show. Uh, let me tell you, man, we got an amazing show in store tonight, um, and we're going to talk a lot about how this West Coast Swing has really been uh, what I call mixed emotions for me. It's been a split personality <laughs> trip for me, and we're going to talk about that. And I'm, I might as well just go ahead and show you. This is what I think about the West Coast Swing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. I've got, um, I've got a split personality tonight, folks. Uh, and and don't be scared. Don't don't be don't be scared about uh, the the look I have going on tonight. But this is uh, this is honestly a representation through facial hair of how my entire West Coast trip has been. Um, it's been really half and half. The the travel part of it, the experience part of it, has been great. The fishing part of it has been kind of bald and hairless. Uh, that's a good way to describe it. Uh, man, what I want to thank everybody for joining in. Once again, this is a show uh, that we're doing on the road. And uh, we are still here at Lake Havasu City in Arizona, enjoying the beautiful weather. Um, sitting to my right, you'll see her on and off tonight throughout the show, is my beautiful wife, Becky. Hi, Beck. How you doing? Good. You doing good? I can't hear anything. You can't hear anything. Nobody's talking. That's why you can't hear anything. <laughs> it's quiet in the studio. Hi, hi Becky. Hello. Happy hi. Mother's Day. Yeah, oh. your, your microphone's really low, Beck. Put that closer to your mouth. Okay. Is yours not working? No. Okay. Well, then maybe you're not going to be a part of the show. Uh, <laughs> let me introduce you to everybody in the studio while Becky's trying to figure out her technical difficulties, as usual. Um, sitting... On the uh, sitting in my chair, I believe, and uh, I am. I, I believe it's Pete Glusick. Pete, how are you, man? How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. I haven't talked to you for a couple weeks. I haven't talked to you in a while. How um how do you like the new look on my facial hair I'm, tonight? I, I I'm I'm amazed. I, sh I shouldn't be amazed, but I'm always amazed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I dare you. Are you going to wear that through the next tournament? Well, I got to tell you. Um, Something really interesting happened. So I just did this. I just did this look here within the last 30 minutes. And we're out back, and uh, the neighbor here, an, an elderly <laughs> lady, um, called me over. She yelled over. She said, hey, come over. I want to say if you need extra parking, we have parking in our driveway. So I walked over there, and I'm just having a normal conversation <laughs> with her. No, you Totally didn't. forgot I look like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Becky had to go over and apologize for me. So <laughs> that's ridiculous. Uh, it's a true story. But uh, uh, we've got Pete Glusick in my chair, and I believe he's running late. Um, we've got uh, Dave Brodzik, aka Fathead, aka Wharf, uh, on his way. Aka He'll missing. Be here shortly. Um, and and I've said this before, and I said uh, I'll say it again. Dave is the the crust, crux, <laughs> and. Uh, 
he is our resident a-hole of Ike Live. So we need him. He's a very important part of the show. And he just he just he just walked in the outer door, so he'll be sitting. How about that? I talk I talk about him, and and he shows up. Uh, And then uh, let me tell everybody. I I know you know these guys, and and they are important part of the show as well. In the booth tonight, joining us, uh, the the two engineers of the show. Choo choo. uh, Brian Stockel. A.K.A. Brian the Carpenter, A.K.A. Spock, A.K.A. Press One Spock, A.K.A. Ding Dong, <laughs> uh, joining us live uh, tonight via in the studio. Um, and then next to Brian, and, and we're going to have some conversations because he was actually part of the Delta event. So we're going to get a really cool, uh, cool look at that event from a co-angler standpoint. Joining us uh, is our man. J3. J3, how you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks good for having me. Good to see you. You look a little different without the helmet on, but it's good to see you. <laughs> uh, we'll address that a little later tonight. Uh, let me start the show real quick, like I always do, and uh, we want to say uh, a special thank you to our military. Uh, thank you, guys, men and women. Thank you for what you do, active and, and veterans, retired military. Thank you, guys. Also, a uh, special shout-out to the police, firemen, EMT. Um, thank you guys for your service. Crazy world. And I had a note earlier that um, today is the start of Police Week, uh, where um, uh, the police are represented, especially all the fallen policemen um, are represented, and they have a big thing going on in Washington, D.C. So uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to all the fallen policemen out there. Thank you guys for what you do. Uh let me get an update. Pete, give me an update from you. Before I start giving you an update, I want to hear what's going on with Pete Glusick. Man, it's uh, what's going on with me has been just fishing like crazy. Uh, things are kicked into gear wide open. I've been uh, fishing the upper Chesapeake where you guys are coming to. The elites here will be here in August. And uh, it's amazing. You, you guys were fishing post-spawn down there at Havasu mainly. And right now, all the fish in the Delaware River and the Chesapeake Bay have have turned into wide open spawn. It's just happening. They're just hitting the beds right now. It's crazy good. The Delaware is 30 bites a day right now. What? Compared wow. to, compared to what you guys were dealing with in August, it's, are you uh, really, you're getting 30 bites. You know, the guys. I'll tell you something. The guys wouldn't believe that. Yeah, no. Remember, let's let's talk about that when we have a couple of our guests on, because they won't believe that, Pete. They I'm gonna, won't believe it. Actually, I got a great picture. Maybe I can get it up here later of little Jake. I took him out for for two hours, and we caught a half a dozen bass, including a four pounder and a couple two and a half and threes. And uh, here's little Jake, five years old, holding these monster fish. The guys just would not believe that they live in the Delaware. <laughs> but uh, but the Del- but the Delaware is on fire right now. It's just coming on. The Chesapeake is really getting going. The grass is growing tall, and I I just been out there fishing every single day doing doing Bass University on water training, and uh, do- just doing that stuff. It's it's been a blast. And actually, right now, what's new with me is I just came from Ocean City. Um, Ocean City. Ocean City. We're having a little. Did you see Did you see Snooky when you were down there? <laughs> I didn't see Snooky, but we had a great white shark. 
that is policing the uh, banks Mary. out there. Mary Lee? Yeah, I, is that what she's called? I don't know, dude. She's yeah. 3,500 pounds. Hey, I'm yeah. following her on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. So we're staying out of the water for now, but uh, <laughs> Pete, she's traveled some 22,000 miles. Like in the, I don't, I don't know how right? long the tracking period was, but it's like 22,000 miles. Wow, it's insane, man. Yeah, they're, they're they're talking about it down there, but we're down there. We're having a Mother's Day kind of vacation celebration down at Ocean City, and me and me and Jake were swimming in uh, in a heated pool down there just a couple hours ago. So, hey, that's what's going wow. on with me. But it's it's great to see you again, man. It's good, good, good to hear from you guys, man. I, um, I gotta be honest with you. This has been, you know, I talked about the kind of the dual role of this trip and how it's been amazing and a little sucky at the same time. But I gotta be honest with like you. Like your face and I'm right now, I'm gonna tell right? you something right now, and I'm not, I'm not gonna shed a tear. I'm just, this is from the heart. I miss you guys. Same here, brother. I do. Yeah. I miss you guys. I miss hanging out with you. It's, it's a little different, you know, being here over Skype. We get to talk to each other and see each other and. Uh, and have a good time, but it's but it's different not being in the studio, not hanging out with you guys. I do miss you. So same here. A lot, lot of love. We to love you, guys. you Thank man. You. Thank you. Hey, uh, Mike, you got to consider, man. T- turn to the young side of your face. Go to the un. Let me see the unsi- Okay. Unshaved yeah, here- there. The shaved only. Yeah. Here it goes. Let me give you a close up. Okay, ready. Twenty one. Wow. Fifty one. <laughs> exactly, dude. Twenty one. <laughs> Fifty-one. Yeah, <laughs> right, one more time. One more time. How'd you like that? Uh, nice. I saw a gray hair in there. Unfortunately, um, I can't do that. When you look at my balls, Ooh. they just all look fifty. Oh man. <laughs> is that, <laughs> the is entire it, nut sack looks fifty. Is there, no, a, is there a fifty-fifty? Is yeah. there a fifty-fifty trim down there too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. That would be funny. I should do the whole body like yeah. that. Uh, let Let me real quick break in. And mention that because I am in what what I would consider the spring break capital of the United States, uh, and it is beautiful weather. It's sunny, and we've, we're here with a lake and a pool. I got to tell you, the beer choice tonight is Corona Light. Hey, don't be a hater. I like uh, I like Corona every once in a while too. And let me let you let let, let me let you know that a little later in the show, we will be partaking in a Becky special. Which is a margarita, specially designed by Rebecca herself. So, hmm. beer choice tonight, Corona. Corona. We're just going to hit the folks. top shelf in the liquor cabinet, Mike. <laughs> I, I'm I'm uh, I'm a little uh, you know those bottles about what I'm going to find when I get back. Those Actually, bottles that are in a box. Yeah, what you're not going to find. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing left. It's like that time that uh, that we were all drinking with Tom, and we replaced. We drank the Skull vodka. And put water in it? Yeah. <laughs> like, why? I, I thought you were like, going to bring all... up the parakeet that got microwaved. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, let's see. Um, let me tell everybody, we got uh, a very interesting show tonight. So, this is the West Coast Swing. We have, and this is breaking news. This is even breaking news for Brian the Carpenter and, and J3 and everybody. Um, we have an amazing guest in Justin Lucas, who is the winner of the first event on the California Delta. He's going to be joining us via phone. Friend of the show, great kid, really proud of him. Yeah. And we just found out through the little black box what? that Aaron Martins, Amart, will be joining us as well tonight. Wow. Wow. Amart, everybody. All right. No kidding. Uh, is he, is he calling guy. in? He's a winner of the event that just passed here on Lake Havasu. 
uh, he'll be joining us tonight. So, man, we've got a we've got a star-studded show. Um, Brian, do we have anything else special lined up? Do you have any anything special in studio yeah, that I, just, I should know about? We just threw it all Nothing. out. Strippers or is Dave doing a strip tease tonight or anything? <laughs> no, but uh, but Peter's. Yeah. Pete. I, b- I believe that just got bumped. Aaron. Aaron. I think. No. Probably. How about your update, Pete? <laughs> oh, we do got it up. I forgot this about is that. A good update. time for an update, Pete. Let's hear it. Two thirty-three on the scale today. Wow. wow. Yeah, good job. That's, Pete. that's down eight, eight and a half pounds. That's eight and a half from the last one. From the last wow. weigh-in. Yep. That's wow. a that's a total total loss of what twenty two pounds. Are you serious? Yep. To- total twenty two pounds off the body. Wow. So uh, yeah, it was a good week, man. I'm telling you, I feel good. I'm I'm getting lighter, and the lighter I get, the harder I can work, and the lighter I get, and the harder I can work. So it's kind of building and growing on on itself. So I uh, hope to keep oh, going. Good job, dude. You look Thanks, good. Man. Thank you, man. That, that's the new that's the new update for me. There's a there's a little one on the camera. I think I just shaved yeah. eight and a half pounds off his face. <laughs> yeah, we've we've got them all over. Who knows going to be showing up here tonight? It's uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, you never know who's going to be walking through. Uh, but I got to tell you something. Um, let me just give you a little uh, update on how my week went this week. While it's still while the burn is still fresh in my mind. Mm. Um, just get let me let me just give you a heads up on how how my week went today today means nothing today was a monday the tournament's over i had to go out and do a photo shoot with uh sago Cieto, one of the best photographers in the business you've probably heard that name before um and we went out there and did a shoot and we're doing just a lot of really cool images out there and we were leaving a location, and I decided to just troll out for a while. And today is totally different than what this week was weather-wise. Today's flat. There's no wind. It's calm. And area of the lake we're in, you could see 10 feet down easily. And so I just put the troll motor on high. I spun it. I said, man, I bet you – I bet you there still might be a few big smallmouth spawning. And I go – I roll down the bank about 300 yards, and sure enough, there it goes. I look down. And there's a five-pound smallmouth oh locked, my. not moving, just <laughs> angry, just sitting there. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be great. And I back back up a little bit. I reposition. She's just staying. I pull out a drop shot, about five or six casts in. She actually bumped it like the first couple casts and didn't get it. And I threw it in there, figured out what she wanted, and all of a sudden she just starts taking it away. I got her, man. Set the hook, <laughs> fighting it, fighting it, taking my time. I get it about two feet from the boat, gone, pulls off, <laughs> mysteriously pulls off. That's a good indicator of how my week went here at Havasu. <laughs> um, God, it was a heartbreaker. Uh, had a lot of missed opportunities for big fish, and that was a key here. Two and two-and-a-half-pounders are everywhere. You can't keep them off your line. But the three, three-and-a-half, four, five-pound class fish – it's a tougher fish to catch here, and I really uh, – I blew a lot of those opportunities. I hate I hate it because it, it hurts. You know, It hurts to lose those opportunities, and any one of those fish is the difference between coming in 53rd and 35th, literally, any one of those fish. Right. Um, re- really, really tough to talk about it in stomach, <laughs> uh, but that's the kind of week it was for me, and – you know, I don't know. Those things just happen. I, I don't. I don't feel like uh, you know. I did anything wrong. It was just one of those weeks where nothing really fell into place. Everything was kind of a heartbeat off for me. Um, 
Were they but, spa- uh, were they spawning fish? Is that is that what maybe why you were losing them? No, no, they were they were fishing every phase of the spawn here this week, Pete. You had fish that were bedding. You had a lot of fish that were post spawn, and I think we're going to get to hear Justin and Aaron talk about catching post spawn fish this week. Uh, and there were also a few, very few pre spawners still coming. So they were in every phase, but. Let, let me give you the second example, and this happened the second day of the tournament, right? This is a critical day for me. I needed one big one to advance on to the third day. And same thing. I had a smallmouth hooked in the four-pound class on a jerkbait, on a Rapala Shadow Wrap Deep, great jerkbait. It's got three sets of trebles. When they get it, they get it, right? Um, and I, I, I hooked this fish about 10 foot from the boat. I saw the black shadow come up behind it. And I twitch, 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 and I just saw him go, suck it in, and I got him. I got his ass. This fish is mine. I'm taking my time. As he gets closer to the boat, I look, and he's got every treble in his mouth. He's got <laughs> the front two in his mouth, the third one, top of his head. I'm not going to miss this fish. There's no way that I'm losing this fish. So I'm wearing it down. I want to get it to a point where I can land this fish without it jumping all over the place. I get it to the boat, and I get him to the side where I normally use a technique where I either belly the fish or I pin the fish to the side of the boat. And so I belly the fish, and I get the fish in my palm, and I start this process of now I've got him, and I'm just going to kind of scoop him into the boat. And as I do that, I'm not kidding you, dude. I, I can close my eyes, and it, it's, it's actually like a freaking nightmare, right? <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm scooping him, he slides down my palm and starts to shake. Oh. And the one treble hook on the jerkbait goes into my finger. Oh, yeah, dude. He uses that as leverage, yeah. oh, shakes no. his head, comes off. I, I reach for him, lose him, yeah. he swims away, and I've got two sets of trebles in my hand. Oh. Dude, my adrenaline is pumping so bad. I'm so pissed off. Mm. I pull the trebles out. No no secret line technique. Pull them out. <laughs> I'm, I'm boiling. And, Bri, I see the look. You know the feeling. I'm boiling. I can't even, I can't even oh. take what just happened. Mm-mm. I look down, and in the passenger seat, I have a swim bait rod laying, mm. and I just – I knew what I had to do. I had to get rid of this anger so quick. And I, I, I looked at my partner, and I said – I looked at my marshal, and I apologized in advance. I said, I'm sorry. I got to break this rod. I got to. I got the rod, and I broke it right in half over my leg. God, it felt so good. And I did it, and I looked at the rod, and it still hurt. I still had this burn, and I go – I got to do it again. I got to do it again. So I got the top half of the broken half of the rod, and I went, and I broke it over my leg. And this time, the graphite splintered and broke right where a guide was at, a double-footed guide. And the double-footed guide went in that side of my finger and out that side of my finger. I impaled myself. Oh, God. And so listen to me. I'm feeling this pain right now. I I can't even pull it out. And the adrenaline's flowing so bad, I just yank the thing out, and and when it pulls out, blood just squirts out. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I said, uh-oh, you better get me a Band-Aid. And at that point, I, I, I finally calmed down enough that I could fish again. It was one of those days, you know? Yeah. Oh, it was God. one of those days. Thank God there was no camera boat. Are you guys still? Uh, are you guys still there? I, am I having an audio issue? I might be having the same audio issue, Bri. Say something. Yo, we're still here. You're loud and clear, right. Mike. You're, you're a lot lower than you were at the beginning of the broadcast, but I can barely hear. We you. hear you perfect. Now nah, it's a great story. Oh my God, that's it's amazing, yeah, man. Um, wow. So that was that was a good example of how my week went at Havasu. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, Delta was similar oh my God. in that I had a few opportunities at the California Delta. To catch a couple big ones the second day, um, and and they didn't materialize. Same thing, just a few a few lost fish, a few missed key bites. Um, you know, in a lot of decisions, uh, I look back at the delta, and and real quick, I'll tell you a decision on the last day that I fished that hurt, which was um, I found an area in the delta. Uh, and I I caught all small fish in this area. Never caught one over two pounds. And on the second day, I decided to visit this area um, late, like literally with like 15, 20 minutes to go before I had to run back. And I pulled into this area, immediately, immediately caught a three-and-a-half-pounder, Flipping, flipping a mat. I go down the bank another 20 yards, and I see a four-pounder on the bed. I fish for that for a little bit. I say, ah, it's too much work. I got five minutes. Let me keep going. I go down the bank with, with a couple minutes to go before I had to leave, and I had this timed. Now think about this. I had this timed when I had to leave to give me time to stop and get gas to make it back. With five minutes to go before I had to leave to get gas, I find a five-pounder locked, sitting. I mean, she is sitting. And I pulled down, and I made a decision right then that I was going to use the five minutes I had plus the ten minutes I had allotted to get gas to try to catch that fish. It was a game changer. I was going to take the chance. I was going to forego getting gas to try to catch this fish. I didn't catch it. I had I got her to spin on it a few times to look and had to leave. I had I had my last cast and I had to turn around and go. Um, and again, it was a bad decision in that I didn't go to that area earlier, and I had to just go knowing that it was going to be a really close deal whether I made it in with with gas or, or ran out of gas and. Uh, so it was a big run for everybody, you know. So running back, I made it three quarters of the way in. I made it to within five miles of where we where we launched in Sacramento. And luckily enough, and this is just kind of maybe fate, a little bit of fate. Uh, luckily enough, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm going through an idle zone, and I look behind me, and who's behind me? A good-looking it's guy. It's Cajun baby. And our very own J3 as a co-angler. <laughs> and and they're behind me idling, so I slow up, and I let them know what's going on. I say, look, guys, do me a favor. Can you follow me? I said, I don't know if I'm going to make it in on gas. If I don't make it in, can you pick me up and take me back? And sure enough, I mean, we, we got out of the idle zone. We got on pad maybe 
not even a quarter mile, I run out of gas, and uh, and and J3 and Cajun Baby were nice enough to pick me up. So thank you, thank you, Cajun Baby, if you're watching. Thank you, J3, uh, picked me up, got me in on time. Now let me tell you something. It may sound like you know a lot of you guys are out there saying. Well, who cares? You only had 13 pounds anyway. It's not like you had the winning fish. It's not like you even had the fish advance. But, you know, we're going to be able to sit here at the end of the year and do a show, and um, we're going to be able to look back at that event, you know, making it in on time, getting away that 13 pounds. We're going to get to look at that and see how important that was, you know? Uh, the big theme for me for these two events is. They were so mediocre. I'm disappointed. I'm mad at myself performance-wise. But, dude, I survived. Mm. I only dropped eight points in AOI. <laughs> I got out of here. I caught. I caught thir- literally caught 13 pounds every tournament day out here. Wow. Um, and, and sometimes you got to grind through, and you got to just fish what you got. You fish the fish that you've got to keep yourself in contention, and I did that. So, you know, so it was, it was, it was um, not pretty. But I, but I did survive the West Coast swing. J3, I'd like to get your thoughts on that incident, by the way. Well, I'll tell you what. I just would like to say that it is amazing watching you guys out there on the Elite Tour. Um, it is amazing the camaraderie that you guys all have. Indifferent, whether they like each other, don't like each other. When somebody's struggling, I've seen it many times, because I've marshaled for a few years now, that... You guys will help each other out. And, I, I, you know, from fishing weekend series events and fishing uh, opens and stuff like that, man, I, I've seen it where guys are, they roll out. They're not, nobody's helping nobody. It's like every man for themselves. But yeah. when it comes down to you guys at the elites, I mean, uh, I was with Fred Rumbanis. His motor was only doing like 40 mile an hour. Edwin Evers followed him the whole way back at 40 mile an hour. Edwin's like, I got time. I'll follow you. If you break down, I'll grab you and we'll go. Followed him the whole way back. I mean, Cliff grabbed you, thought nothing of it. He was like, "Yeah, man, go ahead. We'll we'll hang back and we'll grab you." I mean, it's it's, it's kind of like you guys are all in competition together, but nobody's cutting each other's throat to get ahead. You know, they all want to win by a legitimate win, which is you know very commendable from all you guys. I I, I want to add to that. I mean, we saw something on Bass uh, Bassmaster Live. One of our boys, uh, Ish. Ishama did that exact thing uh, for for Justin Lucas, and uh, two minutes to spare, homie. <laughs> allowed Justin to get to weigh in, uh, you know, which put him in the winner winner circle. And Ish took a, has taken a bad rap. He's going through some controversy, but man, in, in that video they showed on Bassmasters was amazing. Uh, you know what he did yeah. for Justin to get his fish in on the time. But that that's that's another yep. another one. Justin must have owed him money. <laughs> for a random act of kindness for that to occur. <laughs> they they want to know if uh, KVD ever helped you. Uh, no, you know what, though? Uh, K- KVD never helped me. He never hurt me, but he never helped me. But I'm glad you brought this up because why we're talking about it, and I don't want to make this seem like a uh, Skeet Reese bash because we've been bashing him like the last three shows. <laughs> this isn't a bash, but... On Ike Live, as you know, we're all about telling real stories. This is reality. I want to jump back real quick and tell you something that happened um, my rookie year, 1999, uh, on the Elite Trail. Pete, you were you were you were with me in this event. The second, uh, I'm sorry, the third term of the year that year was Lake Toho. 
Uh, Shaw Grisby ended up winning. I ended up coming second. So the, the last day, day four, I'm running back from Lake Kissimmee, and I'm running, running up the canal to lock back through to Toho. And um, Skeet was in front of me, like literally in front of me, right, where Skeet was running. I was kind of a couple hundred yards back in his in his wake, and I'm running, and sure enough, as luck would have it, I'm running to Mercury at the time. Let, let me preface let me preface it by saying I was running to Mercury at the time. I spin a hub, and I'm dead in the water, right? I spin a hub. I I get over to the bank, and I'm like I'm like distraught. I don't even I don't know how to fix this. I'm like I got a huge bag in a live well on the last day. I got like almost 20 pounds. I'm going to have a shot to win or overtake Shaw. I'm like panicking. I'm like, oh, oh, what do I do? What do I do? I'm like, I'm like on the phone trying to call Bass, trying to call Mercury. All of a sudden, a local boat and a gambler, I, I distinctively remember this, comes by. I flag him down. I flag him down. I, I call him over and say, dude, hey, dude, do me a favor, please. I said, run up there. He's just, just in front of us. This is all happening like within minutes. I said, run up to the lock, and there's a boat up there. And a guy in there named Skeet Reese. I'm like, please go ask him if he could just come back. And I'm talking about like two miles, not even two miles, like less than two miles away, right? And so he's like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. Fires it up. Boom. He's gone. I'm still on the phone with Mercury trying to figure out if I can do something. And like five minutes later, he comes back and I see this gambler coming back on pad. I'm like, thank God he got to him. Skeet's going to be right behind him. The guy sets down, comes Patty, comes idling to me, and I'm looking. I don't see any Skeet. And the guy goes, oh, man, that guy said he didn't want to come back for you. <laughs> True story. Oh, man. True story, dude. Wow. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm not being a hater. I'm not being a basher. But well, that happened. It, may, well, it, it could be possible that Skeet was – Behind the eight ball on his check-in time too. We don't know that status. Pete, this, Pete, this, Pete, let me, let me, let me stop you. There were twelve guys on the last day. We were all doing it at the same time. We had uh, plenty of time to make it in. Well, who? What happened? How'd you get in? So, um, so here's another cool twist to the story. So when he said that, so now I get on the phone with the tournament director, and at the time. There was an assistant tournament director. He's no longer there. Pete, you know who I'm talking about. I can't remember his name, the guy with the mustache and the beard. Assistant tournament director. I get on the phone. I have him on the phone. I'm like, look, look. I'm like, I'm with my marshal. I'm with my uh, observer. I'm like, can I jump in this guy's boat? Can I put my fish in a bag and jump in this guy's boat and have this guy carry me back? And the assistant tournament director at the time at Bass said, uh, uh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. As long as your marshal stays with you, you can do it. He runs me back. I get to weigh in. When I get there, as soon as I get there, I'm protested by Denny Brower, who what? made the last day, because I came in with a non-tournament angler. Mm -hmm. At the time, there was no rule addressing what that assistant tournament director let me do. So from that tournament on... I created a rule. That's one of the rules that I'm actually famous for creating a bass. Thank you very much. Yeah, Most of job. the others are DQs, but thank you very much for this one. <laughs> um, I created that rule. So after that happened, you know, they had to put in place a rule that said if you call the tournament director and he okays you to ride in 
with a non-tournament competitor, you can get your fish and ride in with somebody else. So that's the way it shook out. So I made it in by default. They had to let me weigh my fish because they gave me permission to weigh them. And I weighed like 19 pounds of fish and moved up to second place on that last day. That's awesome. So uh, thank you, Skeet. Thank you, Denny, for protesting me. Appreciate now, it. Now, <laughs> Mike, when the gambler got to the lock, was Skeet still there? Uh, Skeet had already locked through. Uh, uh, but right. they had they had locked Skeet through, and they were able to pull it down. The great thing about the Toho lock, if, if I know a lot of you uh, Ike Live uh, listeners and watchers out there know about that lock. It's very small. It's a small lock. They could pull it down real quick. The Lockmaster was awesome. He pulled the snot out of it really quick. He put us in. He filled it back up super quick. And we made it in with a couple minutes to spare. Um, you know, so uh, that's a true story. Uh, but, but it, you know, but it goes against what you're talking about, J3. A lot of guys will help you no matter what. Some guys won't. Um, but, you know, I got to tell you something else. It breaks into another story, which is <laughs> that adrenaline. And I felt it then, back then, shh, 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 mama. I felt it then on that tournament when I was riding in with this guy I didn't know and I had minutes to make it in. J3, I know you saw it, the sweat on my forehead. Uh, when I was with Cajun Baby and J3, I felt the pressure. But, you know, I think, I think for, for guys that don't tournament fish, for guys that don't, uh, aren't involved in competitive sports or, or you know, anything like that, they're the moments you live for. You don't want them to happen, but man, you know, dude, you're alive. You know, I mean, that's that's the shit. That's why you do this shit, man. Uh, you know, let's, let's talk about it's that. Amazing. Let's talk it's about amazing. that pressure for a minute. So he's up on the front of the boat, right? We're going through an idle zone. Now, Mike's idle and your idle and my idle are probably pretty close to the same, you know, when it says six mile an hour, no wake. But Mike's yeah. idol is a whole new idol. He's oh, yeah. up on the and front I'm, of the boat telling Cliff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm up front going, I'm looking at Cajun Baby. I'm going, push, push, push. I think, I think Cliff said, if I get DQ'd, you're paying my entry fee. That's what he said, too. I said, okay, okay, I will, whatever, whatever. Yeah, uh, but it all mail. worked out. So, and let, me, uh, let, let me mention everybody. I, I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag now. Unofficially, officially, unofficially, we will have Cajun Baby in studio uh, sometime in July or August. So looking forward to that. Ah, We're going to need a translator, but we will have (laughs) Cajun Baby in in studio. I'm looking most forward to that probably. Yeah. Mama say, mama mama say, mama say. We're going to have to get things for him to read. Well, Dave, here's here's even more breaking news for you, Dave. Not only are we going to have Cajun Baby in. Yes. But we're going to have Marizu Shimizu in on the same night. <laughs> wow. Pretty cool, man. How about that? Wow. That is going to be neat. Dave, That's going to be Dave, a mess. Dave, we want you to be the translator for both of them. I can. I'm okay. fluent. As long as they speak bullshit, I'm good to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit's a good language. Hey, yeah. let me uh, let me break real quick here and let everybody know. This is exciting news. Uh, and, and let me see if I can pull it up real quick while we're talking here. Um I want to let everybody know, and and you got to remember, Ike Live is basically a bunch of thirty to forty mid forty year old dudes that know nothing about technology and the internet. Look at Brian the Carpenter; he's running a damn web show. He knows nothing about it. I don't know um, But we have finally gotten into the age of social media. Uh, so for all you social media heads out there, we now have Ike Live pages on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
Very exciting. I want everybody that's a fan of the show, everybody that's watching and listening tonight, please go and follow us on those three social media sites. Um, Ike Live Show, you can find it. Just put in Ike Live Show, you'll find it. Uh, and because of this, because of the special announcement and launch tonight, we're running a very special promotion tonight, a giveaway, a sweepstakes, a prize here. And I want everybody to take a picture of yourself watching the show tonight, okay? Just take a picture, send it in to our site, send it in to Instagram, send it in to Facebook, or send it in to Twitter, and I want you to hashtag that, watch Ike Live, and we're going to pick the best photo of, of you watching tonight. And get creative. If you're drinking beer, if you're uh, outside, if you're by the pool, if you're if you're butt naked, um, if you're stroking a cat, whatever you're doing, watching the show, send that picture, send it, post it to social media, hashtag Watch Ike Live, and tonight we're going to pick the best photo, and you're going to win a Tackle Warehouse gift bag. Tackle Warehouse, everybody knows Tackle Warehouse. You're going to win a gift bag about uh, a $50 value. You've got a $25 gift card in there. You've got a hat, a bumper sticker, and Tackle Warehouse koozie. So I want you to do that tonight. Best picture wins Tackle Warehouse gift bag. What do you have to, what do you have to say about that, Brian? Uh, I'm very excited about that. I'm very even excited more excited about, about, about okay. this. And guys listening out there, job, don't Mike. be afraid to have your uh, attractive girlfriends or wives take that picture in lieu of you. Yes. Right. Absolutely. We'd love to see more females that's, than males. That's, that's a great way to win a tackle warehouse gift It's back. a great way to win. Yeah. yeah. It's probably the best way to win. Yeah, there could be a guy on a <laughs> uneven bar doing flips while watching the thing on his phone, but let a hot woman in a bikini just be holding, like, a phone, and, she, and they win. <laughs> hey, let's, uh, let's up the ante right here. Let's up the ante. If anybody submits a picture of them watching Ike Live – with a half-shaven beard, like night, you'll get a gift pack. You'll get a gift pack, regardless. Let's up the ante. Did you like Oprah Winfrey? Half-shaven. Hey, yeah. you have any razors in that bathroom downstairs, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't stipulate. <laughs> Dave's trying to win something here. Yeah. Call Carmel. Call. Uh, give uh, Carmel a call. She'll yeah. come over. We'll get her over here. With a straight razor. So uh, what do we got? We got uh, about 8.40. When are we taking Justin? We're going to take Justin. I think we're going to call Justin at 9 o'clock, and then we're going to do Aaron right after that. By the way, Brian, did you get Aaron's contact information? did. I okay, did get great. that, yep. uh, I did. L- let's see what else. I, you know, I, w- I want to catch up on a couple other things here real quick, a little, little housekeeping. Um, I want to talk about the Xmark promotion. Oh, yeah. uh, all you that watch Ike Live know Xmark, a supporter of the show. And by the way... Xmark, they have the best damn lawnmowers in the world, um, and we're running a special promotions called "Take Back Your Weekends." Uh, you're going to see the you're going to see the promo for it during this show, uh, during one of the breaks. You may have already seen it. I don't know. We've got a tag on it right there above your screen. Um, this is a really cool sweepstakes, and basically all you have to do is submit a video uh, on the site, um, letting us know how you take back your weekends. Um, and doing what you love to do, whether it's fishing or hunting or spending time with the family or gardening or whatever you do, let us know, short video, how you take back your weekends. And we've got a slew of prizes. 
Uh, of course, the Grand Prize is an X-Mark mower. Beautiful piece of machinery. Probably more impressive than Ishman Rose Ferrari. Um, and that's the Grand Prize. But the runner-up prize, the first prize of this contest, is a fishing trip with me on none other than the Delaware River. Pete, wow. don't worry. I'm not going to give any of your spots away. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the winner to all my C-level spots. I won't give any of the A or B spots away. Um, but we're going to have a great trip. So I want everybody to check out the X-Mark Take Back Your Weekends promotion. Very cool sweepstakes. Very cool sweepstakes. Going Outstanding. On. What else you got? Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Housekeeping? Well, we have the uh, letter from a fan if you wanted to get into that. or uh... I'd like to talk about that. I'd like to talk about that. Yeah, let's let's get into that. And let me mention, um, haven't mentioned it yet tonight, that fan interaction is a very important part of Bike Live. We want to hear from you. And there are so many ways now to give us your feedback. Of course, right there next to your screen, to the right of your screen, we have our IM instant feedback <laughs> system. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, J3 is in control of IM, so let J3 know what you're thinking right now. Uh, of course, you could always hit us up on the social media sites. And now we have our own Ike Live social media sites. So Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, hit us up. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you have to think about the show and, and think about some of these topics. But, Brian, go ahead. Parlay on to a, a letter we got from a fan yeah, of Ike Live. Really cool. I want to hear about this. All right. So we got this letter this week from a, a big fan of yours, and I'll read it. It's a bit long, so bear with me here. This is from Ryan Teach, and he's from Gays Mill, Wisconsin. Mr. Iconelli, a.k.a. Ike Endor Foundation. First and foremost... Thank you for your time and energy creating and maintaining the Ike Foundation. Please see the accompanying package and put it to good use. I will continue to donate and vow pledge to introduce others to the sport of fishing, most importantly bass fishing. I am a devout Ike Live listener as I recently became a member of the iWorld. I wait for the new podcast to be released and have listed, listened to already to all of the archived episodes. Yourself, Pete, and the others put together a very enjoyable podcast that brightens my day. Also, I recently subscribed to Bass University and enjoy that equally, if not more, than Ike Live. Wow. I made a semi-irrational career change two years ago. I left a comfortable corporate desk job for my family business, Sunrise Orchards in Wisconsin. With my mother being diagnosed with late-stage lung cancer, my wife and I sold our home and moved to fill in as she became less involved in the business. Aspects of our orchard farm in general can be mind-numbingly boring, round-the-clock hours spent in a tractor cab listening to the radio, pruning thousands of trees by hand in the winter months, or hours spent operating a lift truck during harvest time. After leaving the fast-paced corporate world, these activities leave you thinking. So this is what they call career suicide. Combine this with the daily roller coaster of dealing with a parent diagnosed with cancer, a person's attitude has a tendency to overwhelm them. As I mentioned above, my mother's health condition requires that she undergo a treatment, much like chemo, every three weeks. This treatment is a phase three clinical trial that is breaking new ground in the cancer world, specifically with melanoma and lung cancer, two cancers I feel affect fishermen the most. During her treatments, I use Bass U episodes to keep her, hers and mine, minds off the situation, as well as bits and pieces of Swindle YouTube clips, beyond the Bass U PMA episode, which is our absolute favorite. Please relay to everyone at Ike Live, the Bass University, your episodes serve as much more than just fishing seminars. Keep up the good work. Pretty awesome. Wow. 
with that, with that, with the above said, I have three suggestions for the Ike Live show. I am an avid Bass Cat fan, former champion owner. I re- recently sold my Cougar FTD for a Caracal. Caracal? Caracal? Caracal. Caracal? That Caracal. I should take delivery of in two weeks. Blah, blah, blah. This is my second rig from a mutual friend, Sherman Truss, at Sherm's Marine. Rick Pierce would be an excellent guest for the show to clear up the BS around the sale. Um, yeah, we talked about having Rick Pierce on. Yeah. 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 We did. We did. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. In my area in North, the smallmouth bass are getting blamed for the walleye population decline. Demographically, northern Wisconsin and Minnesota in general are labeling the smallie as a criminal. This has led to a number of gutted fish float on the surface of walleye diehards. I could go on, but it's getting to the point of stupidity. Recently in the past, however, Fish and Wildlife has come out to say that poor management is the cause of the walleye decline. I feel that Pete, Mr. Smallmouth, could shed some light on this situation to the ill-informed, a potential hot topic. Which I thought it was a good topic. Yeah, I, I, something I had never heard topic. about. we yeah. got to research it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know about, you know, specifically how that's going to affect the decline of the walleye, but you always, you always see that, you know, every time there's a decline in one species, people want to blame that other species, but they, they have yeah. to find their equilibrium, and, uh, you know, this is just a process that they, they have to go through. We, we, we're going to talk a little bit about the smallmouth situation on the Susquehanna, yeah, with yep. the, you know, coming up here on one of our hot topics, but... Uh, but man, what a great letter! What a, I thank you, thank you and very much. For, and here's the the final point that he makes, or his final suggestion for the show, which is absolutely my favorite. Lastly, <clears throat> what is Brian the Carpenter's, aka Ding Dong, <laughs> aka Perch Jerkers, <laughs> deal with the Packers? <laughs> Hate us or not, we're a dynasty and a storied franchise. Your birds haven't had a good year since Donovan McNabb was throwing the football and plugging chunk, chunky soup. <laughs> Why the hate? Blah blah blah. Um, it goes on. When'd you hate the Packers? It was you. Oh, yeah. really? What I do to them? Ah, uh, you just hating on Aaron Rodgers and. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember. So you got me a new name. Ding, Ding dong. dong perch jerker. <laughs> AKA Ding Dong. AKA yes. perch jerker. Uh. But hey, what a, what a great letter. And he said that's a great letter. Yeah. That's a great letter. I, and I think that's 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 great to hear. You know, I mean, that's I think typical of a lot of our fans, man. It's uh, you know, it's great to see that the show is you know, it's doing what we wanted to do, man. It's making people feel good. It's entertaining people. It's educating people. People are getting a lot of different stuff from our show, which is really cool. That makes me feel good. Um, and great suggestions, by the way. Thank you for all those suggestions. I got to tell you, the smallmouth suggestion. We definitely we need to we need to look into that because on Lake Malax, um, which is way up there in Minnesota, um, there a very similar issue there where the walleye populations are going down. And what they did there, and this is being done by the state, the DNR is that they lowered the, the keeper limit for smallmouth to like 10 inches. So, you know, there you have wow. the state agency trying to get rid of smallmouths because mm. they think it's hurting the walleye population. That's it's pretty interesting to hear about those topics. So we'll, we'll look into that, and I think that's a, that's, a, that's a great letter, and we appreciate that. And uh, I'd love to hear more of that stuff. It's awesome. Well, I tell you, is Becky nearby? 
She's outside. You want She's me to flag her down? Well, no, I just we she she got some commentary from my uh, you know Facebook crowd and, and my community this week. Uh, one of my customers in particular went back and listened to the last episodes, uh, one where you were in the hospital, and uh, commented that Becky Iconelli is the greatest guest of any guest that we've had on Ike Live, bar wow. none. Yes. She is the. I have to tell her that she is the greatest guest, and she did a great job when uh, she did. You know when she, she did was a great job telling us what I was get, happening I with get, you. I tell you real quick. I'm actually getting really weirded out looking at myself like this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty creepy. Is it? Is it weird? Is it creepy? Is it as creepy as it looks? Yeah, it's definitely. Starting, I'm starting to creep myself out. Yeah. <laughs> Two face. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're getting a little Two Face there. Um, Becky, you had an amazing comment that um, from a fan that you were the single best Ike Live guest ever. So, wow. yeah. That, another another fan commented that not only was Becky a great guest, but he loved uh, learning about how Becky traverses the country, takes care of the family, how the whole behind the scenes thing takes place in your family. And wished that when we had other guests on, that we would talk to their wives and, and, and learn more about their lives. Yeah, but so long as they're attractive. Do you think if Becky was average or ugly, anyone would say anything? She's a pretty girl. Of course, everything she says is interesting. Give me a break with that. The no, Pete Facebook fans. Face. Get out of here. <laughs> Sick everyone, and they're so smart. The smartest guy in the room. You, well, that was a compliment, Beck, but it's the truth. That was a compliment. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a compliment that I was pretty, but that made me only interesting because I was pretty. No. Wow. No, you're right. I, I got I got to back up on that. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. But what I, Do you think a guy who watches a fishing show to watch Mike talk cares about anything we say or have to do with, like, pulling boats or backing boats up? No. You're an attractive, very attractive woman. <laughs> So therefore, he's sitting yeah. there watching episode 19. Well, no. No. Hey, I dispute hey. that. I There are, there are, and and I got to tell you, unofficially, we're we're eventually going to do an Ike Live show that's based around. We talked about this. Yeah. It's based around the families of bass fishing. You know, we 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 don't have this set in stone yet, but we talked about having you know. The wives, the kids, you know, uh, um, you know, like the Hibdens, you know, have them come on and talk about this life as a family. Yeah. It'd be a really interesting topic. But I, I want to spin this real quick. And but now this is this is what your kids look like on the road. Show them your your, yeah. your chocolate face. Oh yeah, chocolate <laughs> face. That's what they look like. Uh, well, yeah, there's your face too. Okay, Stel. But now that we're talking about this, I want to mention that we're in Lake Havasu, and I want Becky to tell the story about um, about the nudity issues here at Lake Havasu. Would you Would you all like to hear about the nudity issues here at Lake Havasu? I don't think anyone's going to call them issues. No, they're not issues, but uh, I thought this is an interesting topic that we should address. So go ahead, Becky, take this. Well, this is a big spring break party town from what we've learned. Well, we knew that. We all knew that. But I don't think we, we understood the logistics of having a party town. And uh, most people go to Mexico for spring break, crazy places, and strip their clothing off. And it's not an issue. But apparently in Arizona, 
If you are arrested for indecent exposure, nudity, you've got your top off, showing your tatas, um, you're immediately put on the offender list. How about that? So, How about that? You got to wear your pasties. Pasties. Yeah, no issues if you wear your pasties. Pasties are huge here. It's Apparently, three-piece pasties. Three-piece pasties. Brian, you make a three-piece pasties. Isn't there four pieces, though? What do you make of that? Um, <laughs> I, I guess I guess it's a good thing. I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that actually horrifies me. I have to be honest. That, that like, you're a sex offender? That's that's a gross. That yeah, oh but to label you as a sex offender? That's that's just that's the government ridiculous. is just yeah. Yeah. Well, it was never meant for that. It was no, never it wasn't meant for, meant for that. No. Some old people need to be drowned. Yeah. Well, the it's good news on. is, and you know, we're always. Well, so I'm not on the sex offender list this no, week because I no. wore my pasties. She did wear a pasties. So we're always, we're always <laughs> any, <laughs> any pictures? Pictures? Yeah, pick her to lie. We're always looking at how to turn a negative into a positive, and we've decided here at Ike Live that we're going to create Ike Live pasties. For the next <laughs> nice. So with with and, and with beards or without beards? It's actually going to be Pete's face on a little sticker. <laughs> no, they're going to be Pete's face on one nipple and Mike's face on the other. Oh, oh, and Dave. And Dave's on the. Dave, bird. you got the vagina. <laughs> Dave's well, at least I got that. That leaves that leaves the the red eye for Stockle. <laughs> red. That's the four piecer. You, you never been. Hold on. Whoa, guy, whoa, whoa! First of all, why are we talk about this? And what the hell's a red eye? You never been red eyed. All right, next. <laughs> no, it's a funny thing. So if you, you trick someone into looking at a picture on your phone, but it's a picture of your butthole, and you're like, dude, I got this smoking hot picture of this chick. She oh lives next to me. God. And you show them the picture, and you're red-eyeing with your own. <laughs> you guys ever heard of that? Where do you guys work? <laughs> where, do you, where do you work? Obviously someplace weird. <laughs> I thought it was brown. That's what Dave does in his spare time. <laughs> Getting the right red-eye well, selfie. <laughs> if, the picture, if, if the picture's close enough, if it's like a super close-up, you wouldn't be able to tell a butthole from a crater, like a moon crater. Who's Brian? No yeah. Maybe that's true. Did you Asteroid? see? We have to stop. Yeah, we better. We hey, have to. We have to. Is, but before we leave the naked topic, what? What? Did, didn't you see some naked dude fishing at the Delta? I did. <laughs> I did. Another great story. Thank you, Pete, for bringing that up. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, <laughs> add on to the list of strange and bizarre things that have happened to me in the last few weeks. The first day on the California Delta, running back up in through Sacramento, uh, and I'd say I was within 10 miles of downtown Sacramento, um, I, I witnessed, I had a sighting, and it was a naked fishing sighting. Very rare. <laughs> I've been doing this professionally now for 17 years. Uh, I got to tell you, it's one of, the, one of the few times I've seen full nudity. Um, unfortunately, and, and I got to admit this, unfortunately it was not a female, it Ooh. was a male. Uh, but, but it was crazy because I'm running, and from about a half a mile away, I see a white, shiny white moon up on the bank, on this beach. And I'm, as I'm getting closer, I'm like, God, that, I'm like, that looks like an ass. I mean, it just looks like one. And I'm, I'm getting closer, 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 closer. And sure enough, as I get within eyesight of it, it is indeed a butt, and it, unfortunately, like I said, it's a dude fishing off a beach, full nudity. I mean, you know, nothing on, top, bottom, nothing, just out there, just 
spinning rod, just casting away in the nude. It's California. You know I mean, what I was going to say? Was he at least impressive? <laughs> I once I saw that it was a dude, I kind of like, oh, I kind of, you know, yeah. you kind of at first you're excited because you see like the butt, you know, free nudity. Like, Ooh, and Brian knows what I'm talking about on this one. Um, <laughs> you see, you see the buttocks, and you're kind of like, oh, this could be, this could be. And then when you realize that it's a dude, you're like, ah, you're kind of like, oh god, you know, throttle down, you, yeah. you know. So I don't know, I don't know the impressiveness, but. Um, that's the biggest was, problem with nudists. Like, they're never impressive either way. The guy or the girl, right. they're just always average or below average, running around, throwing it in your face. You know? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I had a guy I had a guy on the Susquehanna, and he was at a campground. Ooh. And he comes out, and he's standing there, and he's taking a leak. But he's facing me, and I'm fishing up the bank, and I'm like... You know, you get tuned in, you're like, what is that guy doing? And you get closer, you're looking. Oh, you know, he's full frontal, right? Dude, he was proud as could be. I'm like, you guys have problems. Not if you you got to be lasered in like Pete Glusek. Mike, Pete was covering the Delaware River for you. Oh, my God, great story. And uh, Brian and I were following Pete around. I think at this point you had lost everyone. (laughs) No, no, he was still there, Uh, Riverside. Okay, it was a Riverside, yes. so. Pete has the bass, the Bassmaster camera on him, and he's doing his underwater coverage. I wheel around to the backside with my trolling motor and fully expose myself to Pete. Being the professional that Pete was, he never – now, I don't know if that, I don't know if reflects badly on me, but he never even looked like he was just lasered in on that camera. And there was no way he could miss it. I stood there longer wow. than I was ready for for him to see it, and I had to give it up. I had to give it up, man. That's amazing. That Pete Pete is a true professional. He is. I mean, even when, even when he sees Polish kielbasa right in front of him, he just keeps going. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Good that, job, yeah. Pete. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'll do what I can. All right. Hey, you know what? We can, we can we can get away from the uh, the nude uh, wiener talk. Mike, you you had turned me on to watching. <laughs> nice turned me on to watching Bass Live, dude. The live coverage of the events. Let's yeah. get into that. What? Are yeah. You, it, it, yeah. Amazing. It's pretty awesome. And let, let me uh, let me real quick give you two two different spins on it. And the first one is it's very flattering, and I want to I want to take full credit. For what Bassmaster is doing with yeah. Bassmaster Live, I I think they're thoroughly copying the success of Ike Live, but it's flattering. So thank you guys for doing thank that. You guys. Um, and they're doing a pretty damn second, good job. Yeah, exactly. The second take on it yeah. is, it's very very addicting. Oh my god! Uh, I, I can tell you, I I watched it for the first time on the Delta, and even on that event, which was slow from from a standpoint of fish catches catching standards. I was I couldn't stop watching it. I couldn't stop watching it. I wanted to just see everything they were doing um, through ten minutes of watching Aaron not catch a fish. I just wanted to keep watching them. It, yeah. it, it's it's a very amazing way to watch the sport. I think it's I think it's groundbreaking. I think it's game changing. Absolutely. I think I think that is the future of the sport. I think that's how you're going to get. A huge contingency of people that enjoy fishing but don't like watching it to participate. You know, to see what's happening live, the unexpected nature of that, um, not knowing, you know, not knowing what's going to happen next. You know, on any cast, it could be a 10-pounder. On any cast, uh, 
guy could lose a fish, could win the tournament. That's exciting. Um, and I think the potential of what that live coverage is doing is very exciting for the sport of fishing. What do you guys think about it? Hey, um, real quick, we got a comment from Bobby Lane. He, he wanted to know, was the naked guy Skeet Reese? <laughs> <laughs> no, the naked guy wasn't Skeet Reese. And it might not have been Bobby Lane, but he says he is. Anyhow. <laughs> and then we had another guy. He wants uh he wants to know if he can get uh can I ne- or uh a never give up. He wants your never give up. He can have it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what he's looking for. <laughs> can have never give up. Ask Marizo, he stole it. <laughs> yeah, Marizo stole it, so this guy can steal it back from Marizo. I think he wanted except to hear you say in, it. In, except that in Japanese, it's not never give up. It's like, Oda! like that or something. <laughs> there you go. There, right. You got it. That was excellent. You got it. Kumaso, young guy. Well, I tell you, I want to comment about I want to comment about Bassmaster Live if you guys are done talking about nakedness and uh, all okay. the other stuff. But uh, Make it quick. <laughs> the Bassmaster Live was, was, um, was amazing. I mean, it's – who would have thought – you know, like we're, we're – we're, all the – the fishing shows over the years, right? Got these heavy duty production companies. They film for three days <laughs> to get fish catches to compress yeah. into a 30 minute show. And now here comes because nobody wants to watch people not catch fish. Lies. Right? And now Bassmaster is doing the live thing where it's all not catching fish. Dude, it's ruining my weekends, man. It's no, no pressure. Yeah. It's why it, it's the anticipation, just like we do when we're fishing. I mean, that anticipation of the strike. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Watch these guys just cast yeah. after cast. Oh, that that's where it's you know just waiting for the next one. Watching them melt down, like when they lose a big fish. Watching them sh- stroke them like when Martin's or Martin, yeah, Aaron uh, started getting on that bird pattern and flipping those giants out of the toolies. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, just but awesome. just the 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 persistence, you yeah. know, cast after cast with no results, and I cannot stop watching. I know, and I think that I, I think the public's the same way. Well, who who would have thought not catching fish would be so amazing? Even better than that, bass yeah. that whole time. Had two of the greatest voices and personalities to do it. I mean, those guys are awesome as they're narrating what's going on. It's like that's what they were beyond the show that's on TV, which is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Those guys are yeah. perfect for that. Like I always think I'm. Oh, they were good. Some were central good. casting guy that oh they should put him there or that guy should be there. Dude, the, no one can do it better than those two they guys. Man, they are awesome. Yeah. They're like the Ike they and Pete a- of you know. <laughs> poor man's like live coverage. That other yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> They yeah. do a great job. And I, I could tell you, I think one of the big things for me and I think for a lot of people, it, it, and it changes our sport because before the live coverage, you you always knew the result before you got to watch it, right? You knew who won the Classic. A week later, you got to watch the Classic show. It was like, you know, it was like, um, you know, it, it, it was like anticlimactic, right? You knew who the winner was, right? But you have to wait a week to watch it. Yep. Now you're watching this guy win or lose as it happens. Yep. And that's that's a sporting event, right? That's yeah, that's, that's the UFC. That's football. That's baseball. That's NASCAR. You're watching the shit go down live, and, and, you know, as it's happening. And I think that's a huge, yes. huge, huge, huge. That's a huge hurdle that the, they had to try to mm-hmm. overcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, they tried yes. it years back with the Megabucks making pockets where the fans could sit in stands and watch. That didn't work. 
They finally yeah. figured the way. And this is this is this is going to just the get, technology is caught. Well, up. that's technology what it is. caught up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the internet. The internet made yeah. this available because you couldn't do it before. You had yeah. to you had to produce and edit those those films. It, it just couldn't be done. Yeah, now yeah. now with the live the way, streaming I, I, broadcast, I know for a fact that Bass did steal this concept from us because I heard officially. <laughs> That one of the top guys at Bass said, "Hey, if those scrubs at Ike Live and Brian the Carpenter can do it, we can do it." Absolutely. So. <laughs> well, I, I want no to see more it. of it. I want to see more of it. And I, uh, the four hours that they do is not enough for me. No. You and know. they also need to move the tournaments like Monday through Thursday so yes. I can watch it at work the entire time I'm there. Absolutely. Yeah. And move the damn times back. Yeah, because that was so killing me, So you can come me, home from work and watch it. Yeah. And and I talked to Fletcher Shryock at, at the Classic, and he talked about, like, what sense does it make? That Why do we always have to launch in the dark, you know, at 5.30, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock a.m. when and, and people can't make it there for, you know, to watch the boat one? Why are the weigh-ins not when people get home from work, you know, on Thursday and Friday? So. Yeah, why? Yeah, why, well, Mike, they, they, that is a good question. Why do the times always have to be so incredibly early? Why they can't don't it just, have to be. They can why can't it back. alter? Why can't you have a... Didn't, didn't they try it? I, they tried they it. Did. They did. They tried it back when we had the E-50s, which I want to say was like 2004, 2005, 2006. They used it in the E-50s, and it was tremendous. It was so amazing. The crowds at the weigh-ins really? were so much bigger. The, the the attitudes from people, I mean, they were awesome. I mean, we launched at like 9 or 10 o'clock. We weighed in at like 5, 6 when people were out of work. Perfect. It was phenomenal. Yeah. I loved it. Hmm. Why they discontinue that? Old people. Yeah, old people in their rules and Tradition? Well, I, uh, I don't know. Well, a lot, a lot of the anglers press because there's the, there is that window of the morning bite. Right when that sun comes up, I mean, there's that morning bite, and yeah. uh, you know the pressure to succeed from the anglers to capture that morning bite is probably there's an know, evening maybe bite. There's some pressure there. Nah, good job though, Bassman took the score exactly where it needed to go. Hey, yeah. I mean, pretty, I want pretty awesome. I, I got something yeah. else about that 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 I think is pretty pretty damn special that I didn't expect about uh, this Bass Live thing is how it showcases the personalities. Watching Aaron Martins yes. was the most amazing thing. Yeah. Of all the anglers that I've seen so far, and I, I'm an addict. You know, If I'm not out fishing myself, I'm watching this program. And uh, listen to Aaron just comment about how he's performing, what he thinks the fish are doing, how he's trying to trigger the strikes, what other people are missing, and his insight into things, and how... How he gets giddy as a schoolgirl when he ca- when he triggers one of those biggers like yeah. those big ones like when he caught that five pounder that's yeah. eating the blackbirds he was like he was like getting giddy like nobody else knows this you know this, yeah. this is my secret little deal <laughs> I was more impressed with Edwin Evers how calm he was yeah just like a sniper and not getting upset watched the missing strikes nah he he he, he dropped a lot of dead gummits. <laughs> yeah, I, he I heard a dozen bad gummits during that tournament. <laughs> gummit. Yeah. I want to try. I want to try to you know throw that into my repertoire. Maybe it'll. I remember it. the first time I heard a dad gummit. I was fishing on Sandy Cooper, and <laughs> it's the first time I heard over yonder used. I thought just Yosemite Sam said that stuff. I didn't know that that is actually a repertoire down there, dude. That's part of people's anger. It's like dad gummit, and then they go. T- you know, they got to go over yonder. Like that's it's the first funny. time I heard it was down there, dude. I'm like wow. That's funny. Well, this the, shit is real. It, it, it is real. And they do say that. That's funny. But the uh, but I watched Lucas, and we're going to have Justin on tonight, but he missed a four-pound smallmouth at Havasu. And you could that, – that drama, man, like of him trying to shake that, 
You know, he bro- he broke that fish off for some reason, and he just tried to shake it. And you, for an hour, he was like, you know, just talking himself out of it. Like, there's big fish in the area. I can get another bite. Just listening to him try to manage that. You know that you know that feeling. It's the hardest thing in fishing to overcome is losing the well, big I'm gonna, fish. I'm going to suggest to him tonight when he's on, <laughs> he should have just broke a rod in two pieces and, <laughs> and impaled a guide in his finger. It would have got rid of it a lot quicker. That's what I was going to say, so. Mike. Do you think Bass would want this new technology, having captured that moment with you as early as it is right now, or not having captured it? It's all gold, man. Yeah, I, I well, would love yeah. to. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's good. I mean, I you know, I think everybody has their own personality, and I think that's what grows the sport. I think, uh, you know, I I, I I try to be myself out there. I don't want to, I don't want to not be who I am, and and uh, you know, I I'd, I'd like to I'd like to see that. Like I said, I like to see Aaron. I like to see Rain Man talking. Yeah. I like to see Justin Lucas. I like to see Bobby Lane. I like to see all these guys, and they're all different. They all handle mm-hmm. stuff different. They all have different attitudes, different personalities. That's great. That's they, what grows the sport. Yes, you know? They better put the uh, camera on a higher pedestal with Tommy Biffles. They're going to see him hanging brain because they have that thing low. Make it high to me. Show my brain. Hey, let me remind everybody real quick. Let me jump in. Um, we now have Ike Live social media sites. Uh Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Um, submit your photo tonight of you watching Ike Live. The best photo tonight. Submit it. Hashtag Watch Ike Live will win a Tackle Warehouse gift pack. So don't remember. Uh, I mean, don't forget to do that. We want to see your picture, whatever it is. We want to see your picture of you watching Ike Live. Uh, Brian the Carpenter. Yes, sir. What do you want to do? I, I think we should get get ready to get Justin on the phone soon. Uh, absolutely. Right. I, I think we're absolutely ready to do that. I, yeah, I, I, I did yeah, want yeah, to yeah. mention something, Mike, that we talk yeah. a lot about bass and, and the elites and all that kind of stuff, but there's a big deal that just happened uh, on the FLW Ooh. deal, on the FLW yes, uh, yes. Ray vaccine, where uh, my friend Ray Hanselman has won three events in a row. Yes. Three consecutive events dominating, absolutely dominating the Texas Rayovac Tournament Trail, winning these wow. things by 10 pounds. Wow. On How's I, he doing that? You know, I, I haven't talked to him. I, I wanted to give him a call and maybe, maybe have him on at some point, but um, I, I really don't know. But, I, but I've seen – he's just on a roll like – who else has won three in a row of anything? Well, no I think one ever has. No Roland one. Martin. I think Roland Martin, way back, way back, won three in a row. That, and uh, as far as I know, that's the only one. There's been a couple Rayovacs back to back. Several back to backs. Yeah. Elite back to backs. There's been some. There's been several back to backs, but triples. Uh, that was impressive. But he, I think he wanted Amistad. He wanted uh, Toledo Bend. I'm guessing or. Uh, or uh, what's the neighboring one to Toledo, Ben? Do you think he's tying up fish or stuffing weights down their throats? Yeah, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's well, just killing it. I fished with I fished with him. We were we were paired together at the uh, Texas Bass Classic, the the original one. Um, and uh, he's a, he's a great angler. Been guiding down at Amistad for years. Uh, not surprised he's doing well, but but three in a row, man, that's amazing. I read about that last one that he won. And it was pretty cool because he was pretty still humble about it. And he said, 
I forget what he said, but either the wind blew really bad or something. Something happened that changed the event for the worse for everybody else, but it flipped it for him. And he was like, had that weather not turned that way and made it so hard for everybody else, he said, I would not have won. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, hey, that's impressive. Mike, we're only running about ten minutes over where we were at. Do you want to cover? Do you want to cover the FLW DQs at all? And get your thoughts on that? Yeah, let's talk about it for five minutes real quick. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, let's talk about, it. especially I bet you a lot of the Ike Live viewers and listeners don't know about it, Dave. So fill fill everybody in real quick because there were two big DQs in the same event, right? The Beaver Lake Tour event. Yeah, what we had was we had Rose. Rose got DQ'd for um, for leaving his boat abandoned. His boat had either broke down or ran out of gas, and he needed to get a ride back in. And he got the ride back in, and he was disqualified because he didn't secure his boat. His entire bag was disqualified because he didn't secure his boat. Now I understand some type of penalty has to be has to be given out, but does everything have to be just so severe. Every rule you break, DQ. Right. Your bag's gone for the day. Right, no right. other sport. Like if you hold someone in football, you don't get thrown yeah. out of the game. If you if you right. check someone in the face in hockey, you go sit in a box for a few minutes and you get out. Right. Like in our yeah, sport, you're yeah, gone. You're done. Go that, home. Right. You know. I mean, especially right. that. Like he didn't blatantly cheat or commit a violation. Like or gain an advantage. He didn't gain an yeah, advantage. Yeah. In, in an emergency situation, in a state of panic, probably. He didn't fully secure his boat, and he lost his full day's catch. Yeah, that's 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 not right. I don't I don't think that's right. It really surprises me that that happened because Mark Rose is kind of the poster child for for FLW, right? Yeah. Well, someone, he's always yeah. he's always listed on the FLW stuff as Walmart Pro Mark Rose. Never just Mark Rose. <laughs> well, that, if I'm Mark Walmart Rose, and I, if I'm Mark Rose, it limits my suspects. You know, who's higher on the food chain to me? There's not very many. You know, it's had to be one of those guys. Because I bet you if I protested Mark Rose, they'd be like, who? Don't ever come back. You know? <laughs> who are you? Don't ever Ooh. come back again. So and the, other, the name of the other angler is Escape Me, Bride. Well, Bride, do you remember his name? The, the other guy from FLW that got disqualified. Do you remember his name? The one for fishing the uh, dock that was Mark Private? I don't remember. All right, that. so there was another angler, Pete and Mike, that was in a cove of docks, and a bunch of the docks had private property signs on them. Yeah. And this angler didn't fish any of them. He fished a dock in the back that wasn't marked. That's not yep. being disputed. The fact yep. that he, when he was driving back to the dock, his bait was in the water, and he just like cruised by the private docks, he was disqualified, from what I understand, because his bait was in the water. Mm. Completely yep. preposterous. Not only I that... Know. Mike, yeah. hold on. He wasted two hours of one of his mornings to take the tournament director to show him where he was fishing, that he wasn't fishing private docks. And I guess right. upon reviewing some tape, they figured that his bait was sitting in the water while he was going back to that dock. That constituted fishing. And his whole bag's wiped right. out. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I, that, it's another one, Dave, where, you know, i got to tell you that I, I think they they need to restructure some of these things. I mean, once again... What what did what did he do wrong? You, you know, I mean, did did he really, you know, interpretation of, of of the rule there? Like he he didn't do anything wrong. How many times have we all been out there tournament morning? Yeah. Right. Or right after the tournament, 
and we real quick test the crankbait to make sure it's running straight. Yes. Or we, we throw a swim bait out to make sure the tail's moving right. Technically, we're fishing when we're not supposed to be fishing, and we could be de- – but, but it's obvious that we're not. That's but, another one of those scenarios. I mean, you know, that to me is is – is FLW not wanting to step up and take responsibility for making decisions? That's a tournament director's, uh, you, you know, not, nothing against tournament director there because I, I like him and know him and he's a great guy. But both of those examples, I think, are poor, poor, poor examples of DQs. But even they a, shouldn't have been full DQs, in my opinion. A worse slippery slope than that is, say you don't real like how many times do we have rods hanging over the side of the boat and the baits dragging in the water? And we're casting our other rod. Does that constitute two lines in the water now? Because mm-hmm. by the definition that disqualified this guy, they said is he was technically fishing because his bait was in the water. I don't know. Yep. It's just terrible. Well, Lake, Lake Champlain is a great example of that. I don't know if you remember the 1990, uh, 1999 when I won Lake Champlain, a BASS Top 150. Pete, you remember this I re- event. I we remember. I know what you're going to say. Uh, yep. Yeah. On the last day, mm-hmm. I'm fishing a jerk bait. And then I had a tube rigged for fish that would follow, and I've got all these smallmouth fired up, and I'm jerking, jerking. I got a three pounder following it, so I quick wheel the jerk bait in. I lay it down. I go over to grab my tube, and I hear a splash, and I turn around, still with my tube in my hand, and a smallmouth had come up and smashed the jerk bait on the top of the. It was laying on the top of the water, and I grabbed the rod one hand. Swung the fish in and landed it, and it was a three pounder. But I didn't know whether it was legal or not, so I had to let the thing go. I let the thing go. I was I was catching them every other cast, so it didn't matter at that point. But uh, wow. you know, that's another one of those scenarios. You know, well, well I, I you know, and we're we have Justin on the line, and I, I just one final thought is I, I'm at. You know, I, I dispute some of the DQs and the penalties that FLW is doing, but FLW has been criticized in the past for not acting on DQs. And, uh, mm. you know, guys that, that, you know, were furious because guys should have been disqualified and weren't. And it seems like they're they're trying to make run a tighter ship. You know, I applaud them for that. I like your point. Not everything has to be drop your whole catch. Yeah, you know, right? right? I love what Bass did with six fish in the live well. You get a two pound penalty, not yep. getting wiped out for the you know. Yeah, have 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 levels, right? Tears, have exactly. Levels yeah, of, of I think penalties. I think yeah. that's the next you know, phase. I really do. Yeah, have have a weight reduction. Have um, a delay in your start time the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, have the guy depanced, and you could spank him in the tush. <laughs> There's all it. sorts of things you can do. Smack it up. Uh, Real quick, before we get to Justin, who I know is on the phone, I just real quick, I looked at my phone, and on our IM, we had a submission for our Watch Ike Live photo from Poker Fishing. And this is a pretty good one because not only is he watching Ike Live in a room with polka dots, but he's on the hopper taking a dump. (laughs) With a beer. (laughs) <laughs> With a beer. Who took he, the pick? He may be the winner. I don't want to say, but that's a pretty good one. That is he a good may one. Be the winner. Who took the pick? That's a good question. I don't know who took the pick. That's kind of kinky. Ooh. All right, so let's, uh, with no further ado, let's get him on the line. And real quick, before we get him on the phone, let me let everybody know that I finished my Corona, and I've now went to a margarita. <laughs> A mocktail. Um, mocktail. With no further ado, we have him on the phone. Brian the Carpenter, he's on the phone? Yes, sir. 
Joining us via phone, we're going to find out where he's at, is the champion winner of the next-to-last event on the California Delta, good friend of the show, amazing young angler, Justin Lucas. Justin Lucas, everybody. What's up? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm not on that tequila yet, but, you know. <laughs> okay, where where are you at? Are you still in Lake Havasu City, or did you begin your, your journey home? I'm in, uh, I, I stopped by Phoenix today to check out uh, the Rigid Industries factory, and I'm hanging out with Josh Bertram, and we just got done golfing at, the, at a really cool driving range called uh, Talk Golf. Cool place. Very, very nice. Very nice. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I mean, we're, we're going to be talking a lot about it, but I got to tell you, man, you are uh, you're having an amazing season. You've you've quite frankly dominated out here in the West, which everybody kind of had a feeling you would. But, man, what 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 was it like to win on the Delta? I mean, I, I, I want to jump right into that because I can close my eyes. We were just talking about Lake Champlain when I won uh, way back in 1999. That was my first big victory on the bass side, and it was life-altering for me. It was such an amazing feeling to win at that level. Talk to us a little about how how that feels, because you're still riding the high. I know you are. How did how did how did that feel? How does it feel now for you? Dude, it really hasn't even started to sink in, you know, because we went straight to Havasu after the Delta. But when I started driving this morning. And I'm like, I don't have to get up to go fishing finally. Uh, not that that's a bad thing. It's a good thing. Uh, but I had the trophy sitting there in the front seat, and I'm, I'm, you know, starting to make the trek back to Alabama and thinking about what what had just happened over the last two weeks. And, you know, this is my sixth year fishing as a pro, man, and I, I keep telling everybody the same thing today. I am so happy that I never won another tournament uh, before this, before the one at the Sacramento River, dude, because for that to be my first one, you know, it was, uh, it was an emotional, passionate, uh, amazing, amazing victory for me, dude, that, you know, it, it, it's so perfect that if yeah. you had to write a book about it, that's, that's the one that you would write. Yeah. It, it, it's awesome. It, it's I, crazy, I dude. It's, it's unbelievable. It. You know, I grew up, I grew up, riding on a on a school bus on the river road where you saw those cars running up and down the river as we're driving down and i'm driving my boat you know 20 years later past the same signs that i uh you know was riding on the school bus looking at going to school every day looking at that river and it's crazy you know there's that's no way i could ever imagine that to happen that's amazing later. That's amazing. What, what what a cool story. And, and I I can I can Justin I can really relate to that because very similar situation from last year in the Delaware, you know. And oh, for exactly sure. what for exactly sure. what you're saying. I felt on the Delaware River, and I I noticed it too. I got to tell you, I noticed it in your fishing. Um, we were we were talking earlier before you got on. We were talking about how the live coverage has really changed the sport and and I was I was glued to the live coverage when you won at the Delta. I couldn't stop watching it. Um, really? and I, I I was really impressed by your ability to just move around a lot, to uh, to fish very calm and confident. Um, 
talk to me a little bit about how you did that because you didn't you didn't fish one area all week. You you moved around a lot. You used a little yeah. bit of your history, and you fished calm. What 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 instilled some of that on you? I mean, was that just having knowledge of the fishery, or were you just dialed, or how did how did that come about? Mike, it was it was such a weird deal, man. Because the first two days of practice, I probably put 400 miles on my boat, checking all these old spots, and I said I said I was going to go there and not do that. And the first two days of practice, I never caught a fish over four pounds. And finally, wow. the last day of practice, I was like, dude, you have got to figure something out. You know there's big dead fish right now. You know of a couple areas where they always, you know, the hard bottom never changes. So I knew a couple areas that were going to have good bed fish no matter what. Um, but I had to figure out how to catch a three and a half or four pound. And I went out west you know, way out west, further than anybody else probably went. And, you know, really concentrated on trying to get bites that last first half of the day of, you know, the last practice. And I shook off like 11 fish total that morning. And I knew they weren't great big giant ones, but they were two and a half to four pound fish. And that gave me the confidence to use that and then go to the central and east delta where I knew the big, you know, big bed fish were at clearer water. I could see them on the lower tide. And so I, I stayed on the low tide further out west and then just followed it east. And you know the tides, man. You fish the Delaware and all that stuff. It helps yeah. so much just to understand the basics of it. And growing up fishing around that stuff, you understand how it moves in and out. And I was just able to, I was able to put it all together, but it's still unexplainable, dude. I mean, it is... It's just, I, I look back on it, I'm like, I don't know how you did that, dude, but it's so, so badass that you did <laughs> that, That's It's awesome. And, and you know, I got to tell you, like I said, you, you've put yourself in a position now. Um, it, it, is your mindset changing a little bit now, Justin? Because, you know, you've got a win. You've got uh, an, another couple top 12s. Uh, I, you know, you, you were right there in almost every event. Is your mindset changing now from wanting to win an event now to AOY? Are you thinking that at all in your mind, or are you just trying to keep doing what you're doing? You know, I, I'm trying to keep doing what I'm doing. My my goal every year since I've been a professional is to make the championship. And I've never set a goal to win a tournament because you never know when that's going to happen. You know, it took me six years. Uh, you just don't know when those are going to come. So I don't want to say that... You know, I don't want to let myself down and say, if you don't win a tournament in these next two years, you know, you're not doing good enough. And so I never set that goal. My goal has always been to be consistent, make a championship, and a win is going to come when, you know, when it's going to come. And, I, dude, I'm, I'm, I, would, I would be lying if I wasn't thinking about AOI, but I also know that it's only the halfway point. And I don't have enough points yet to be qualified for the Bassmaster Classic. So... I haven't even reached my first goal, you know, and, and right. that's, once I get enough points and make that, uh, then maybe I'll start thinking about that. But, you know, I, you know, more so rather, I mean, I'm definitely thinking about it, but when you look at the guys that, you know, I'm with right now, Rojas, Aaron, Clifford Perch is having an amazing season, but Aaron's the one that, man, I love Aaron. Great guy, incredible fisherman. You know, and I looked up to him and basically built my whole career off of, 
the way he did things. Yeah, he, you know, growing up in California and making a living out there, moving to Alabama, I did the same thing. And you know, it's just it's crazy that I went up against him at the Delta, and it's uh, it'd be even cooler to go up, you know, against him at the end of the year. But it's only halfway through, man. You can make 350 points halfway through, and uh, you could lose a lot of points halfway through as well. So we have a yeah. lot of work left to do, and you know how that is. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's a long season, but you've got the kind of start that you want to have, which is a good thing. Let's. Uh, yeah, and I don't want to blow that opportunity either. So that's that's the only thing I'm thinking yeah. about. It's like, these don't come around. Yeah. You know, these kind of opportunities, positions, don't come around every year. Don't come around very often at that. And that's the same way I felt driving down the last morning on day four at Delta. You have a three-pound lead, man. What? Don't you know? Don't blow this. And if I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't shivering and shaking at my first thought, you know, before I caught my first fish, because dude, I was, I was feeling it. And once I caught the first one, you know, I might have looked calm on camera, but I, I could feel it until I had my five. And then when I never really cold up. I was tripping, dude. So, you know, it's a it's yeah. a long way, dude. There's so much work to be done, so many fish to be caught. That, yeah. You know, I'm not not going to get my hopes up, but I'm going to work as as hard as I can. That's for sure. That's good. Well, that that's a that's a great attitude to have. Uh, I, I want to change topics real quick, Justin, if if we can, and I want to talk about. Can you tell our fans, tell the fans and viewers and listeners of Ike Live? Just go over a couple of the key baits that you used on the Delta. I know I know a pit boss played a part for you. I know a topwater caught a few fish for you. Talk about those baits. And also, and, and this is for me personally, I want to know this. Um, I read somewhere, heard somewhere that you used a combination of braid to fluorocarbon on a casting rod when you were fishing at pit boss. I want you to talk about that a little bit too, but... But talk about the baits and talk about that that line choice. My main bait that week. When I when I started out west, the water's a lot uh, dirtier out there, a lot muddier, and I used a color called vampire orange. It's, it's really a yeah. black and red color, um, but just a perfect crawfish imitation color for the West Delta, uh, being that black and it's got a real bright red in it. It's a beautiful color. And it worked great for me out there, but as soon as I went, started going west 10 miles, or east 10 miles of there, the water cleaned up so much that I had to switch. So I also used the green pumpkin and green. And I, I don't think that I could have used the same color, you know, once I hit that area, you know, the central and east delta, uh, and had the success that I did. So changing colors was really important as well. And, you know, I used the top water uh, to, to fill out a limit on day three. I caught a you know, three key two and a half pound fish on that. And that was just a small Zara Spook, uh, Super Spook Junior. And, you know, the, then the rest of my fish, you know, tight fish, just, you know, on some random different baits. I got a box that's just, you know, a side fishing box and it's got all kinds of stuff in it. Um, but the braid to fluorocarbon deal, dude, I never can, I never have considered myself a great pitcher, flipper. You know, that short encounter type of stuff that Tommy Biffle and Denny Brower are known for. And uh, one thing that's really changed uh, at least the percentage of fish that I put in the boat is going to 50-pound uh, trialing professional-grade braid. And I do a two-foot leader, and I do such a short leader because I do 
20 pound, uh, 100% trialing fluorocarbon, and I tie a crazy Alberta knot. It's the most amazing knot ever to join the two lines. Um, but I leave long tag in, so I make sure that the only way that that could break is if, you know, the line, the knot will never break as long as I leave the tag in, and they're never going through the guides because it's only a two-foot leader. Uh, right. But the only way it could ever break is this the 20-pound actually broke. But going to the braids, fluorocarbon, no stretch, sensitive, you know, as it gets. Um, I, I, dude, I put all the fish in the boat. I hardly ever miss one. And it's that braid makes up for a bad hook, uh, hook set position. You know what I mean? If, if you fill yeah. one at the top of the, you know, when you're bringing your bait up and you fill one at the top of your, you know, pulling up, you can make up for that with that braid and have a no stretch. You get a great hook in them every single time. And so for those people out there that are, that are trying to get better at that, that's, that's the number one thing I can tell them. Start trying that braid to fluorocarbon. It's made a world of difference for me. I, I, love, the, I love that combination, too. Uh, Justin, it's Pete. Um, man, I just I'm, – congratulations. I'm so proud of you. What a great win. It's amazing. Um, and I know Mike asked you what it felt like to be through that experience, but I noticed when, when I got into that situation myself, I, I felt differently when I was fishing a winning pattern. I, I, like, I felt calm and relaxed. Like, and, and Mike commented about that for you, that you, were, you seemed calm and relaxed. <laughs> you know, did, well, I, I felt like I had a good plan, and that, that, that part kept me calm. The, the part that had me nervous was just knowing that I had an opportunity that doesn't come around often and I didn't want to blow it. But, dude, my, when you look back at the plan that I had to save that spot out way out west that I knew was untouched, um, it just turned out perfectly, you know? And it, and it, Mike knows, and Pete, you know, it just, it, it hardly ever happens that way. And you can't ever, you can't ever look at, you know, three or four day tournaments and say that's exactly how it's going to play out. But, you know, I had three three days to drive to California, and I was like, man, if, and I thought about it the whole time. Like, if it worked out that way, I could have a really good tournament. Winning, I don't know about that. But, I, you know, if I could put that together, it would, it would be a great week. And you know, it's just crazy, dude. It's, I still look back on it, and I don't know how it happened and all that. The plan was perfect. It looks, it looks amazing, but uh, are you, uh, it's are, incredible. Are you going to celebrate? Are you having a party back home? <laughs> I uh, we're gonna have some people over. I think you know. I we did right after uh, right after the Delta. I probably stayed out a little too late after that Sunday. Uh, I got to have a suit feeling like a zombie, and you know I was I was getting plenty of sleep down there because I was going to bed at eight o'clock at night. But uh, man, you know I just I'm looking forward to the time at home getting that trophy on the on the bookshelf in the living room. And uh, just showing that thing off. That's the most important thing for me. When I look at that trophy. I haven't even thought about the money. I get to check my wife. Here you go. Take it to the bank. Whatever you want to do. But trophy staying with me. <laughs> it, it'll never get. It'll never get old. You'll never get tired of looking at that thing. Hey, let me remind everybody that we've got Justin Lucas on the phone. If you want to ask Justin a question, hit us up on IM. Uh, ask your question on instant messaging. You could also hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, ask Justin anything, anything, right? Anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do we got, J3? Got any good questions coming in on IM? Justin, we got a few questions for you here. Um, 
It says, can you ask Justin if having Bassmaster live with you on the final day, does that have any negative effects on your fishing? Mm, good Great question. question. I, I, I think that's an awesome question, but I, no way. I think, uh, you know, as long as I've been around, I think Bassmaster live is the most incredible thing that's happened to professional bass fishing. And it's exactly, in my opinion, it's exactly what we've needed for so long to grow the sport. And it's amazing the people that I'm hearing from that don't really even follow fishing that are getting on there and watching Bassmaster Live. I mean, it's it's incredible. Just like, you know, just to me, I can at least glue to it on the last day when I'm fishing. That's crazy, dude. I was watching you at Guntersville, the tournament before that, on the last day. <laughs> you know, stick and, it up at Guntersville. <laughs> we won't talk about that. We don't have to go there. But, uh, you know, I was glued to it, man. I watched you and Pete and everybody, and I'm, and I'm just sitting there as a fan of the sport going, this is the coolest thing we've ever had. This is what, this is what it, you know, we need. And I think it's going to grow the sport uh, faster and quicker than anything we've had before, and I, you might, you might disagree with that, but I hope you agree, dude. I, I, I mean, I, I bet you think it's incredible. It, it's awesome. I mean, from my standpoint, we we talked about it before you came on tonight. It's it's game changing for the sport. It's it's really going to turn turn the sport into a different direction, and it's going to grow it like we've never seen. So I I love it. I, I think agree. it's great. What else we got? What else we got, J3? Okay. Got any good, other good questions coming in for Justin? What was your profession before you went pro? <laughs> what well, was it my profession? Let's see. When I was uh, 13, 14, I worked at a pumpkin patch to make money to buy fishing lures. <laughs> when I was, when I, and that was only September, October, so I had to make my money quick. And I couldn't afford much, but it, you know, it lasted for a little while. And then... Dude, I worked at a tackle store. I sold newspaper subscriptions out in front of grocery stores. I did everything I could that would allow me to fish on the weekend. So, uh, and then I, you know, I went to college for a little while, and we didn't have college fishing uh, when I was around. So, uh, I, I, you know, I kind of backed out of that and really went to co-angling, and you know, co-angling was was more my college. But uh, now it's awesome. I mean, obviously, if college fishing was around a few years ago, I would have been in that, but. Uh, I had all kinds of odd-in jobs, you know, any way to make a buck to be able to go fishing on the weekend. That's awesome. Well, I, I got a question for you. Now, you just won this tournament. That's great. You had a brilliant top 12 at Havasu. But I noticed I, I was watching uh, Bass live, and uh, you lost a smallmouth. You broke one off uncharacteristically. And... Um, you know, it's hard to handle. It's the hardest thing in fishing to handle. And we watched you go through the pain and suffering. We were all we, we were all right there with you. I mean, uh, how, how do you overcome a, a lost fish like that? How did you do it at that time? Dude, honestly, Pete, here's – and this is – you know, I am – I am uh, I really pay attention to the details in, in my uh, gear. You know, my gear is super important to me. And I feel like the last three years, you know, I've had, I've steadily grown as an angler, and I feel like a lot of that is, uh, you'll you'll hardly ever hear me complain about a lost fish, and that's because I honestly believe that the rods that I'm using, and the line that I'm using is, is perfect. Um, but at Havasu, you know, we have, and here's the thing: I use Abu Garcia Veracity and Veritas rods. It's all I use. 
and amazing rods. The the problem that I see with so many rods, other rods these days, is they're built and they're not strong enough. And what I mean by that is, you know, they're not strong enough to drive a, a hook home through the mouth and land that fish every time. And I can honestly say that my rods are super, super strong. And I can drive that hook home. I know I'm going to put the hook through their mouth and get them to the boat. Uh, but those muscles that have a suit, you know, I use, I've used trialene. I've landed every single bass in my professional career on trialene. And I bet I could count on one hand, you know, the amount of fish that uh, weren't my fault, you know, so to say, uh, because of the line. And this was one of them. And it was, it wasn't the line. It was, I know I nicked my line on one of those muscles there at some point. And, you know, it was a weak spot that I created. I, I, I didn't realize it, but I hooked a four-pound smallmouth, and it barely, I mean, it started fighting, and then it just, you know, it made one of those four-pound smallmouth runs, and it busted the line, and, and I was upset with myself that I didn't realize that, you know, I had a nick there, but some of the, sometimes that stuff is just, you know, we don't fish places like that that often, so you just don't know. Well, well Mike, that was a rough one, dude. I was I was pretty pissed off about that one. Well, my weighed a pound and a half of that. Mike, Mike suggested that you break a couple rods and and impale yourself <laughs> with, you know, some sharp objects. Yeah, that. Well, that we all deal with it differently, you know. And <laughs> and me, it was just one of those things I couldn't stop chasing my head. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is, man. It, it happens very, very. Uh, very rarely. So, you know, every now and then, it's not the end of the world. I didn't realize they had muscles at Havasu. What kind of muscles they got out oh, there? Zebra Masada. Quagga. Really? Quagga. Mm. Yeah, they're all over the cages and no uh, rocks and that kind of stuff. And that fish was in, that, that fish that I lost was in sand and grass. Like, absolutely not a thing in the world <laughs> to break me off on. And broke my line super easy. So I know it. You know, I never break fish, dude. It wasn't the line. It was it was nicking it somewhere else. Yeah. So it's not zebra masal? Zebra masal. Quagga masal. Quagga masal. Hey, Justin, these guys want to know what part of the West Delta were you fishing? Dude, top secret. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Uh, Next question. No, you know, I, uh, I fished uh, Sherman Lake which is, you know, that's a common area. I also fished an area called Collinsville. Um, and, the, and the cool thing about Collinsville is it's not a player in any other tournaments out there. That's the thing. Like, it's not, you know, it's so brackish out there, and the fish are northern strain fish. They cannot get, uh, you know, they hardly grow over three pounds out there. I mean, a four-pounder is just a giant. And it was a perfect area to use for a four-day tournament because of that reason. You know, it's doesn't get a lot of attention, uh, no pressure at all, and was just, you know, it was loaded with two to three pounders, and those, you know, I weighed 16 pounds the last day, and those three pounders went a long ways, and on day four, you know, being a marathon tournament like that, day four comes around, and three pounders are at a premium, and they're gold, and, you know, to have those, as you know, saved in my back pocket like that, it was a beautiful thing. Agreed. Awesome. Awesome. Another guy wants to know, did the fish cages come into play? Was that a fact? I have to. I have to. Yes. 
Yeah, I didn't even, you know, I've never really caught him out of the fish cages. Uh, my whole, you know, I fished five or six tournaments at Havasu. Never really caught him out of the cages until day three of this tournament. On day one and two, I ran marinas and I ran shallow stuff and rocks and all that, and I felt like I caught everything that I could. And once day three came around, I knew that's how they were catching the big bags, 18, 19 pounds, you know, Purge and Takahiro. Um, but I didn't really know how to fish them. I knew where a lot of them were. And I just told myself, it's kind of crazy, but I just told myself on day three, like, dude, you have nothing to lose. You're in 26 place. You, you know, you're out of fish and your other stuff. You might as well just go and, you know, try and make it happen on those cages. And by like 10.30 in the morning, I was pitching a drop shot around and I had uh, 14 pounds by 10.30 in the morning. Just And the key was not to cast. If I made too long of a cast, I would break my line on the cage when I hooked a fish. If I just pitched it five or ten feet from the boat, uh, I wouldn't break my line and be able to pull them straight up and get them to the boat every time. So are you going to now go and buy a Ferrari with your $100,000? <laughs> I don't even know if 100000 buys a Ferrari. <laughs> It'll buy part of one. It'll get you started. I, sh- I should ask Mike. He's probably got a couple in his garage over there or something. But... <laughs> no, I uh, that money's going away. You know, it's it's gonna go away, and just uh, I mean, every time I make money, I'm just like, yeah, that means I can play for a couple more years. You know, that's how I think of it. That's awesome. This is a question for Ike and Justin of the remaining lakes. Which are you most excited for, and why? Ooh, good question. Go ahead, that's Ike. easy to answer for me. I'm gonna say the Upper Bay because it's an hour and 15 minutes from my house and I know that place very well. So I'm going to say the Upper Bay. Justin? 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 We lost Justin. Okay. We may have lost Mike. Mike, you still there? (laughs) I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Did we lose Justin? Yeah, yeah, we seem to have lost Justin. Yeah. We officially lost him. Okay, he's out. Right. He's out. Next topic. Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> can we, you, Brian, Brian DeCarpenter, do you want to try to get Justin back on the phone real quick and we can say goodbye to him? All here, right, we'll do that, or? yeah. Yeah, let's uh, Yeah, let's try to get Justin back on the phone. Uh Man, I, I, I got to tell you, I am blown away by some of the, some of the, uh, the, the philosophies Justin was giving amazing amazing um Pete we said it before we kind of knew he was going to be a talent before he ever won this event didn't we well I mean, you did yeah. you drew him as a co-angler well you knew. like I said I saw him as a co-angler I knew he could catch fish he could trigger strikes just toe-to-toe with anybody I, and I saw that live and in person what we didn't know was could he handle the mental part of this game you know could he find fish and 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 follow the patterns and, and have that mental toughness required to to do this deal, you know. And uh, yeah. boy, we're seeing it now that he clearly has both. How old is he? It's a good question. You know, I, I don't know. When I drew him out, he seemed in his twenties, and I got to imagine he's in his thirties now. I'm not sure. Maybe we get him back on here. We'll ask him that. I think we have him back, Justin. Do we have you back on the line? You got me. 
Okay. The I heard question that was, and, and I answered it. It was easy for me. The question was, what fishery are you most looking forward to in the next four events? I said the Upper Bay because it's close to my house. But what, what are oh, you yeah. looking forward to with four events left? You know, uh, probably, probably Kentucky Lake, just because I know it's a, a great swim bait lake, uh, and I can go there and, and throw that a lot. Um, I got to be honest, dude. The bay scares me a little bit. Never been there. I'm going to spend some time there, but it definitely scares me a little. And you know, the smallmouth places do too, because man, those always shuffle everything up. You know, the points uh, change dramatically every time you go to St. Clair. Anytime you go to Thousand Islands. Uh, you know how it is, Mike. Like you're going to have yeah. some big changes up there. Yeah, yeah. That's well. It's a so, long way. Kentucky Lake for me. Way. Yeah, I mean we we've we've got four events left. There's still a bunch of season left, so um, it, it's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, I got something Justin, for him before you hang up. Before we yeah, uh, wrap ahead. this what up, got, um, I spoke with Mark Jeffries earlier, and he's uh, he's very disappointed or or very upset with Justin. Um, oh yeah! Leading up to the Sacramento River, they had uh, Justin called into BTL, uh, Bass Talk Live, Mark's Mark's podcast or web show, and uh, and Justin disputed with facts, disputed the Hall of Fame or the home field advantage uh, factor, <laughs> and then he went out and won it. Backed up with Aaron going out and smashing them at Havasu. So uh, I knew that was going to go yeah, up. Yeah, Mark, Mark's Mark's ready to re-engage that conversation with you. <laughs> hey. Well, I, I mean, he might be right now. <laughs> I, I, I think I don't think your I can argument, argue with him. I, I read some. I read somebody commented about the tidal river fisheries and how the the home field advantage seems to be more powerful on the tidal rivers than uh, than the lakes would be. And it sort of seems to be the case after the Delaware with Mike and and, uh, you, Justin, out there on the Delta. The Potomac would be the exception to probably that statement. I I agree. The Potomac River. The Potomac doesn't fish too much like a tidal river. That fishes more more, because it has such massive grass beds, it seems to be that the tides don't matter as much. But point taken. Point taken. But uh, these guys certainly dominated on their respective home waters, on tidal water. How come I always lose on the bay if home field advantage you suck. Works out. <laughs> we'll see what's going to happen. The bay's going to be tricky. The bay's going to be real tricky on you guys when you come. August. Ugh. True. All right. Tricky time of the year. Uh, Justin, uh, before we let you go, and by the way, thanks for joining us. This has been a crazy two weeks. I know you got a lot of stuff on your mind. You want to get home and see your wife. you got that beautiful trophy. Thanks for joining us. Before we let you go, let everybody know, let all the Ike Live viewers know, how can they follow you? How can they keep in touch with you on uh, on social media? Yeah, I mean, Instagram, uh, you know, at Justin Lucas Bass, Facebook, Justin Lucas Fishing, and uh, Twitter, Justin Lucas Bass. But, you know, JustinLucasFishing.com, too, you can get to all that stuff from there. So, uh, you know, we, we, we try and post a lot of fun stuff. Ike, I've had you uh, a couple times, I think, you know, posted on that stuff, and uh, we try and keep it fun and, and uh, you know, low-key and, and interesting stuff, too. So you guys make sure to follow me. Awesome, awesome. Well, well, once again, great job, great West Coast swing, and great win on the Delta. We'll, uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks uh, down on Kentucky Lake, Justin. All right, sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. man. Justin All Lucas, right, everybody. You. Congrats. Wow. Good job, dude. Man. Wow. 
Very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. <laughs> Dave, I thought you had Dave. Are you still there? Are you still live? I haven't heard anything from you. He's sweating breath, under the lights. Fart, no, breath, I'm all right, dude. Yeah, no, just, you know, letting Justin, uh, oh. letting Justin talk and tell That's us right. what he did, man. All right, you let him off the hook pretty pretty he, good. He didn't slip up. He didn't say anything that you can get him on. I mean, <laughs> you can't make it up. <laughs> now, next... you're not going to let Aaron off the hook, right? Nope. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna keep Aaron to, to, to the grill here on a couple things, right? Aaron's swimming with the sharks on this one, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the shark tank. The Ike Live shark tank. Yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, so what do you want to do? You want to... Uh, play the X mark spot. Do a quick promo. Play yeah, let, the spot. Let's, let's do this. Yeah, that's a great great idea. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Listen to me. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back in a couple minutes. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we have probably one of the or the most interesting fellas in professional fishing. A Mart, Aaron Martin is going to be joining us live, aka the Rain Man, joining us live on on the phone. Can't wait for that. And let me remind you, and I've been keeping up with this. Um, send in your photo uh, of you watching Ike Live. We've got some great ones here. I saw uh, we've got one here of a guy eating uh, the flat dog, Havoc Bates. He's eating them live. Uh, we've got another <laughs> one here. Um, Look yep. at this one. Do it. He's with his, his wife or his girlfriend, Ooh. and they're drinking Bacardi. Winner. That might be the winner. She's pretty cute. She's uh, cute. We've got another one here. Look at that beard. <laughs> yeah, Take that's... a look at that beard. Oh. Take a look at that Wow. Oh. You want your Wawa? I'll help you get your Wawa. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, submit your photo after we talk to Amart. We're actually going to give away this Tackle Warehouse gift pack, so keep them coming in. Stay tuned. Hang in there for a couple minutes, and we're going to be right back on Ike Live. See you in a second. Hey, folks. Mike Iaconelli here, and you know what I'm going to do when I take back my weekend. I'm going fishing. xmark.com slash weekends submit your video on how you're going to take back your weekends for a chance to win an xmark mower cool outdoor gear and a chance to fish with me yeah what's your favorite way to enjoy a weekend create and submit your take back your weekends video at xmark.com slash weekends for a chance to win one of 18 prize packages valued at over thirty one thousand dollars You're live, Dave. All right, welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Where's Mike at, guys? I don't know. He left. We're not worried about Mike. We're <laughs> all right. this is so, Dave Brian, all the time. You know what? Let's yeah, this is your moment to shine. Well, yeah, great, great moment. So listen, <laughs> why don't we bring up what's going on on the Susquehanna with the, with the cancer, the cancerous smallmouth? Do, Do you have that picture ready though? Absolutely not. All right, John, did you have that? So for the folks it. not necessarily knowing what I'm talking about. 
The Susquehanna River uh, in Pennsylvania is it, well, used to be one of the best smallmouth fisheries, one of the best smallmouth fisheries in the country. And over the course of the last, say, six or seven years, you have the endocrine problems where the male is, has both female and male genitalia, and they suspect this from the nitrogen and the phosphorus, and they're having massive fish kills, massive die-offs. There's no reproduction going on. It's dying. It's dying, and they can't get it deemed... They can't get it protected under the Clean Water Act because a whole pile of expensive studies have not been conducted yet. Oh, there we go. What's up, Beck? What's up? We're talking about smallmouth in the Susquehanna that are that have tumors the side of ping pong balls hanging off their face. That's weird. No, it's bad. It's real bad because that same that same problem that those fish are suffering, they're finding it in the Potomac River, the Potomac River Basin. As well as in, in in the in the upper bay in the Chesapeake, I mean this is a widespread problem, and they attribute it what they think it is attributed to most is the phosphorus and the nitrogen being dumped into the waters. Well, well, I, I just have a few comments about it. The uh, I talked with uh, George Acord at Susquehanna Fishing Tackle. George Acord. George Acord. I call them Acord. Mike and George are guides on the Susquehanna fish there uh, for 20 years or more, and uh, and what is actually happening up at the Susquehanna right now is the fishing is amazing. Uh, the fishing has... Um, well, thanks, Pete. You <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but to your to your outdated point... Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> your outdated point. Now, what, what, that actually happened, and they had a, a massive... Uh, uh, year, several year classes, which failed. And... Um, uh, you know, so there was no 12 inches, there was no small fish, like we're seeing down on the upper Chesapeake. Becky, Bay. what's wrong? And um, oh. what's wrong, Becky? <laughs> Stella got Stella her groove me back. Stella a gift for Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he's he's gotten off the mic to go change a diaper. No. No, she's here. I don't know where he went. He left. <laughs> I think he's re-beveraging. Re-beveraging. I must have failed because I thought I brought him enough. I guess not, but. My stalker came with me, but she smells lovely. Well, all right. But as for the outdated story, I mean, there's <laughs> biologists from Pennsylvania as of just last month that might know a little bit more about what's going Just because one section's fishing well doesn't mean the whole thing's not there's poisoned. There's clearly a problem, right? And one of the reasons why they're uh, why they're really focusing on this cancer, and it exists, and it's a it's a thing to contend with, but uh, the, the Susquehanna River wants to capture the federal... Uh, attention, right? They want federal funding to get after solving this river's problems. And even though the population right now seems to be strong and growing and doing good, it still has inherent problems that need addressing because it's going to go back to the way it was where they had some failures. And, uh, you know, I, I think based on, you know, my experience with it, I went up and fished it this year in the spring for the first time. And the, the smallmouth there, are they're, they're big. They're, they they appear healthy, uh, but certainly there's some problems with the, with the fishery that uh, or with that river system that uh, that the Pennsylvania Department of Natural Resources wants to address, and they want some federal help to help them address this problem. But the amount of hoops they have to jump through to get that money is hard, and they're trying they're they're trying to get the, the you know because right they've they've been rejected apparently yeah about they need fe- more studies for, for federal funding. 
and they need more studies. And this this uh, this cancer thing is uh, is something that maybe is going to help them. I mean, don't you think attention. though, in, in a sane society, holding up a small mouth with a baseball hanging off its face of a tumor yeah. is enough to say, all right, we we got to. I gotta look at this. I have in all my years, I have never seen that. Not me neither. You know, so that's certainly an unusual circumstance. Well, it's a lot of years too. (laughs) Hey, easy. Hey, I just lost twenty pounds. Oh, yeah, it's such a healthy fishery, Pete. The, 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 the male <laughs> bass have both uh, the JJs and 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 you know yeah. and the male thing running around too. So don't give me that. It's so great. I mean, it's got problems, dude. And you'll step on I agree. your co-host like that when he's making a point. You let him make the point, and then you don't just tell him how wrong he is, dude. Like that. What? No, I want to understand this because I don't. I don't understand. So picture. what do you do about this? She saw. Uh, and then how long does it take for healthy fish to come back? Well, well, it's, it's a good question. What do you do about it? it, it the, the answer to that, the simple answer is more studies, right? You, we don't, they don't really no, know. No, the simple answer is stop putting so many goddamn chemicals in the ground. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot... Th- uh, clearly, there's that, right? We've got to stop more Mexicans, know, less chemicals. We've got to inter- stop introducing <laughs> all the the chemicals that are coming from farming, that are coming from industry. They've got to we've got to cut that off. But uh, you know, uh, I, you know, I think there's a lot of studies that have to take place before you can make a, a competent decision. And even then, there's it's you know making decisions about this sort of stuff is so hard. I mean, there's so many variables. It's worse than tournament bass fishing. I mean, what? you know, there's a million variables that that affect the rise and fall of a of a species and why they're having effective spawns and not. I've seen DNR make decisions to to try to benefit populations and it doesn't work. You know, uh, they've got a complicated. It, it's a complicated thing that they've got to manage. Now, the problem is kingmakers. The kingmakers that are dumping those poisons into the river are the ones that put all these people in power. The ones that run the mass, the, the, the you know, farming. I'm not ripping on farmers, but the big farmers, the nukes, all those people that contribute to the problems are the ones that put the very people that are in char- that are tasked with fixing it in power. Right. You know. Well, one, sick perverted circle. One of the weird things that I. <laughs> <laughs> one one of the weird I just, things. I think it's a, a lack of information, though. I mean, I was just informed from a very reliable source that it has a lot to do with the farmers and the manure and everything. Mm-hmm. That's I, what we've I mean, read, yeah. Especially like the Amish and everything. But I imagine that's a lack of education and not understanding. Nuke the Amish. Well, yeah, well one of, one of we the... Just, we just blame the Amish. Absolutely. Yeah, we did. One, yeah, of, the we advanti- did one of the advantages uh, the, that's, <laughs> that's benefiting from that those manure farming discharges is the crawfish populations are massive. They're surging. There's carpets of crawfish on the Susquehanna River. And that's why these fish are one of the reasons why they're so massive to begin with is they just have an endless food source. Yeah, they got an all-you-can-eat buffet in a nuclear waste field. That's awesome, Pete. (laughs) So is it definitely killing off the fish or just giving them crazy deformity? Just shankers. I think both. You know, know, honestly, I think the, the... the point is that the DNR wants to study this more to figure out what it is. And I, Why are you I, ignoring I, me, Pete? Why won't you answer my question? Yeah, answer the question, <laughs> Pete. We have yeah. deformed like, fish or lack of fish? We had lack of fish. We no longer have lack of fish. The fishing's amazing right now. Uh, and we're, they, they saw a deformed cancerous fish, and they're drawing attention to it. Is, um, you know, I've caught a million fish in my life. Uh, talk to to the folks at Susquehanna Round of Fishing Tackle, 
they've not seen another they've not seen a cancerous fish in their trips um it's it seems to be an unusual occurrence but nonetheless it, it did occur Beck, where the hell's mike He's changing a diaper. Okay. You're the best. You're the best guest anyway. <laughs> yeah. I did. You know, everybody says so. Yep. Dave, I did talk <laughs> last year to a guy from DNR who uh, brought that to my attention, and he was talking about the runoffs from the farm and exactly what Becky said. That's what they are attributing. A lot of it to the majority is them putting the pesticides down and the rainwater washing it in, along with, you know, manure and all that stuff. I had read, a, I had read an article about 15 years ago that the Noose River, it's, I believe it's North Carolina, yeah, the Noose is. River, North yeah. Carolina, they had such a problem with the pig waste going into the river that, like, if I'm, unless my memory's failing me, like, people died from the poison. Like, there was, like, poisonous stretches of this river that there was this, uh, this, this microbe that, like, was forming. Well, what's and the, it was deadly. It was it was a deadly microbe that was in this Noose River. What about the James River? Do you see signs out on the James River? You seen them signs when you go down there? You know, don't swim in the river. There's yeah. Well, runoff is a Wait, it, runoff is a James? massive problem. Seen signs saying oh, yeah. not to swim in the James. What's that? Chickamauga Park. Want you to- Swim through the rapids so you don't drown. That's because they don't put those signs where the rich people live. They just put that where the dumb poor people are, Becky. Oh, are you talking about my silver spoon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the affluent don't like to know they're swimming in filth. They just tell us poor folk that we're doing it. Well, well let me, let me... you do want to say, though, this is interesting because not that we need to dive into this, but... So, look, you're seeing things happen because, of, you know, the fish and these cancers and the runoff from these farms. But doesn't that scare you a little bit about what we're eating? Of course. Sure. Isn't that great that a pregnant woman can't eat salmon? You'll die. You're going to get mercury. I mean, you can't even eat a fish. A friend well, of mine just got... Well, definitely don't eat the Susquehanna bass. A friend of mine just got <laughs> cancer, and they ruled out by detesting her that her cancer was not caused by it being inherited, you know, through, you know, her father, stepfather, whatever. Her cancer was caused by either something she Outside ate, means. You know, breathed, smelled, whatever. How about it? That's mm. scary. Isn't that crazy? Jesus. Not really a topic for Ike Live, but no. it's just right. scary. Well, stormwater runoff is a massive situation. 20 years ago, I can't believe it's been 20 years since I worked in the environmental field, cleaning up these kinds of messes, dealing with these kinds of messes. Uh, Stormwater permitting, I mean, you know, trying to regulate the amount of uh, contaminants that are involved in your drainage. For instance, industries, when the rain falls, the stormwater picks up chemicals, and it's going to finally wind up in the Delaware River. The Susquehanna River, every river system around the country, every lake. It's funny you should mention that because this is an interesting Delaware River thing I'd come across. For for the longest time, I would say in the early 2000s to about 2004, 2005, I could kill them in the spring in Cooper River. Yeah. Then we had some serious snowfall a couple of years after that. And the following springs, they were just not there anymore. And it took a lot of looking back to the past to realize that all of the salt, all the salting that was done in Camden City mm-hmm. that flushed into the into the creek may have chased out may have chased out the fish. 
Yeah, because it was reliable for like four years straight, man. Well, you got to be responsible for that, you know. And you know, we as a, a society got to be responsible for what's happening with that that runoff, you know, whatever industry commercial thing that we're running. The farmers, everybody's got to be responsible for that runoff. Well, and, what uh, happens when all the sewage? You, you hear fifty thousand gallons of sewage went into some river. How does that happen? Like. After a big storm. Yeah, it happened in Delaware, down in Salem. Sewage? Yeah. Philadelphia pumps raw sewage when they get too much rain. Their, their yeah. system's outdated. Well, the, the, in the Schuylkill. Right, yeah, yeah. It's kind of the solution to pollution is dilution. <laughs> the know? solution to pollution. Is that true. a technical term? It, it kind of is. Cool. When you get, we get, get an excessive amount of rainfall, the dilution factor you know, minimizes the amount of pollution that's affecting the environment. But, um, you know, it, it's... It is what it is, but uh, certainly, you know, we want to see things under control on the Susquehanna River. I love the Susquehanna River. You know, it's got the, some of the most amazing smallmouth fishing in the world. It feeds. It's responsible for about 90% of the fresh water coming into the upper Chesapeake Bay. And, you know, so it's it, – and, and in the upper Chesapeake, we've got a problem with big fish. <laughs> it's a terrible problem, right? Yeah. They're all three to five pounders. They're, they're freaking amazing. But we, we, we're missing those 12 inches. And, uh, you know, we need to see more small fish on the Chesapeake. And I'm a little bit concerned about that as a uh, as an angler out there on the Chesapeake. Hey! Right. We see our... Excellent topic. Thank you for, Excellent for that. Excellent topic. Yeah, I'm going to dial up Aaron here. You guys uh, talk some monkey yourself. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's dial up Amar. That was, that was sewage all around. Hey, sewage. you know, we got a, we got Amar coming on. And, uh, you know, what about the other wives out there, Becky? I mean, you've been credited as being one of the best hosts, as one of the best guests on Ike Live. I mean, what other wives are interesting out there on the tournament trail? Oh, we could get lots of them on, but I think you'd be scared if you got a herd of us. <laughs> I mean, as long as there's a room full of milks, it'll it'll work. Stories and and the real. Wait, 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 Pete, Pete, you're onto something here. The real housewives <laughs> of bass fishing. We'll all get on after we get our royal tattoos because it's a running joke amongst us wives that everyone thinks we lead these very glamorous bonbon eating Ooh. lifestyles. <laughs> but, man, do we have some stories of being just, I mean, just this West Coast swing, the amount of people that had to help out, trucks that broke down, coming over the mountains, you know, service crew guys picking up boats, people pulling, you know, campers back to other locations just to get the anglers there, yeah. you know, to have a sue in time to start practice. I mean, I, it, it's. It, we are a family out here. I mean, I, I know that these guys are competitors, but at the same time, without each other, you can't get a lot of this done. Like, you have to rely on each other. Mm, that's pretty cool. Do we have Aaron? We have him. We do. Yes, we Aaron! do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, there. Hey, uh, joining us live via phone, we're going to find out where he's at right now, is... The winner of the last event on Lake Havasu, Aaron Barnes, everybody! Aaron Barnes! Woo! There you are. Aaron <laughs> Am I? You guys hear me or what? Yeah, we hear you, man. Loud and clear, Aaron. Oh, I hear you guys better now. You guys are all like in a tunnel or something. Woo! Yeah, I won, bro. Thanks for the congratulations. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm heading home right now. 
Long, long A drive. Long A drive. Ooh. What's going on? Oh, nothing. The drive's a lot easier when you have a blue trophy sitting next to you. I got a trophy sitting behind me. It's right. It's in the seat behind me. I'll buckle this. Aaron always has Now, I don't know if a lot of our Ike Live viewers know this, and I want you to talk about this a little bit, Aaron. This is the second elite event that you won on Mother's Day. Is that true? Yeah. That's true. I won, uh, I guess Guntersville was, was the other one. My mom wasn't there, but I, you know, I wished her Mother's Day, and I, I, I told her it was a present for it. But that was, uh, I Guntersville. G-Bill. That's... <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have more tournaments on Mother's Day, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I knew you were gonna say that. I just knew you were gonna say that. I know. That was that was really corny. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta take. I, I, I'm, I'm driving. All, I'm driving all by all the, the beers. I'm in the, uh, New Mexico where all the big pretty mountains are. It's still light here. I'm sure it's dark as a well digger out there, but it's really nice here. So it's really pretty. But I don't mind making that drive. It's actually kind of cool. But it's a long. It's a long drive. You probably, did you drive back, Ike, or did you uh, fly? I'm still here, Aaron. I'm actually still in Lake Havasu City. We're going to be here until you Friday. Are? And then we are going to head over to Lake Fork for the TTBC. So we're, we're going to chill yeah. over the next couple of days. I got, I got my, my family's at home, so I'm, I'm going to drive all the way past Lake Fork about 11 or 12 hours and stay home for five days and drive 12 hours back. But I got I gotta get home. I haven't seen him in three weeks, and my kids are getting really big. Yeah, it, it happens. They're fast. growing up. They're growing it up. Fast. Hey, I I want to. Uh, I know I already said I know I already sent you a text on this, but I want to say it again. Amazing job! Not not only this week, but the last two tournaments on the West Coast Swing. Phenomenal, phenomenal job on the Delta N here. Um, tell talk to me a little bit about. I mean. You've won before. This is nothing new. You know, you, you've you've been there. But talk to me a little bit about how it feels to win again. It's been a little bit, and you've had a lot of seconds since then. How how does it feel? I mean, I I know because I won the Delaware last year. It's amazing. But in your words, how do you? It's feel amazing. Right now? But you you know how it is. Like you win, and it's like amazing for like an hour. And then you gotta do so much stuff after that. It kind of you, you gotta work again. It's like you're going back to work again. It's like yeah. all you want to do is like win and go like celebrate and have a good dinner and and talk about it. But it doesn't work that way. Like you win once you win, you got. It's like it's awesome, and all of a sudden all the work begins again. So you kind of it kind of goes it goes away for a little bit. But that yeah, I mean it comes back to you. That's your you gotta do your job. But yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it was like, uh, especially at that lake. That's like kind of you winning at Delaware. The Havasu is like that's why that's where I could learn how to fish. And taught me that taught me a lot. That's my phone ringing. It taught me like a lot a lot of skills I use today. So I mean, that I mean, it's like your Delaware like Havasu is like that's where I grew up fishing, and that's one of my favorite places to tournament fish is that lake. So to be able to go and win it was awesome. I mean, it was like, I mean, it was like uh, one of the best victories I've ever had. It was awesome. 
It, it was awesome. I, I got to tell you, you know, I'm a competitor of yours, and I fished the tournament, but I watched it on Sunday on the live show, and I was addicted to it. I couldn't stop watching it. And I want to talk to you about two things that really oppress me. The one is you hardly fish deep in this tournament. You hardly fish a drop shot. I want you to talk about that. But the second thing I want you to talk about is how you figured out that toolie pattern. Because I got to tell you, Aaron, I, I swear to you, I fished 2,000 stands of toolies in practice and had like one lousy bite and somehow you figured out something a little different i think you were fishing a little bit further into the toolies so so talk to us a little bit about why you didn't drop shot and talk to us a little bit about how you figured that toolie pattern out because that was impressive to me very impressive well that you know how it is you know all the river lakes and they're like me when like me ties got reads and we call them toolies uh, all the California lakes have tulies. Um, I had a lot of experience fishing tulies growing up. You know, Delta, Havasu, uh, uh, all the San Diego lakes are full of them. And, I mean, like the birds, like I found the feathers in the bowl, that just that just made it kind of better for me. I kind of knew there was quite a, quite a few big ones back in there, way back where the birds were nesting. It was really hard to get to, but... I mean, it was working. It worked going to the back, back to the boat. The hardest part was getting the bait back to the boat. That was a, that was a really irritating part. But besides that, it was awesome. Um, you know, there's, there's certain subtleties you look for. I mean, they're all over on those reeds, but there's, there's certain reeds that'll have more fish in them. And they'll move, they'll move back one day and they'll move out to the edge. It's kind of like typical, you know, like different weather conditions. Like if it got cloudy, it may have not been good for me, you know. Being all sunny and bright like it was every day, just about, it was perfect for it. But I, you know, I, I didn't fish too fast. I, I wanted to fish fast, but you couldn't. You couldn't fish fast. You had to kind of keep yourself as slow as the boat was going. The boat went slow, but the, I made multiple pitches, like a lot of them. Uh, I mean, I, I would move the boat like five to fifteen feet, and I'd fish for five minutes. Then move the boat five, fifteen feet. You know, fish five minutes. That's kind of how I did it. And uh, it wasn't that they wouldn't hit quick, it was just you had to get close to them because the toolies are so thick that you can't just, you know, expect the fish to see a bait six or eight feet away. He's not, probably not going to see it. So the right. goal was to try to get the bait close enough to a fish where it reacts to it. And I didn't fish it long. Once the bait went through, I fished it for maybe two or three pulls, and then I pulled it in. Occasionally, I'd leave it down there if there's a good hole or a good... A good looking, like a special looking spot. I might work it a little bit, but most of my bites came real quick. So, uh, I mean, I know the last day and a half, the birds, the birds really did it for me. I mean, uh, that's a, that's a common thing in the reeds, like in the spring. I've, I've been doing that. I've been focusing on, like, the bird hatches since I was a kid. And I don't think, I don't know if a lot of people do that, but it, it happens everywhere. I mean, I've cut, you know, six, seven pound spots off of bird hatches, off of swallows, you know, like fishing by the swallows, the big spots sit in the bridges and wait for them to fall out of the nest that time of year. And it may not do it all the time, but once those birds start hatching, they'll get on them. And uh, when they start hatching, they fall in the nest, they get pushed out. And uh, actually, a lot of lakes that I fish out here, they'll eat the adult birds. They'll jump out. You'll hear them occasionally, like in the reeds, jump up, and you know it's about hitting that bird. 
you know, hear the birds kind of panic and take off, and that's just, I mean, I kind of put them up in my libel, a full blackbird, uh, you know, a six or eight inch bird that spit it out, you know, a six, seven pounder spits it out in your libel. So I've had lots of proof over the years of feathers, and I, and I had a whole, a whole libel full of feathers on a, on Saturday, Saturday evening. I noticed, I, I noticed some in my libel, I skipped them out Sunday, but I had a, a net full of feathers. I, I skipped them out with a little net, and there were just a whole, a whole bunch of them in there. That just kind of made me stick to some areas a little longer and really fish them thorough, and that's that's what that's what really wanted for me is kind of getting that clue and and paying attention to that detail, you know, and it, it paid off. That's amazing. That's cool. That, that's that's amazing because I think everybody assumed this week that you would have, you know, a spinning rod, you'd have really light line, you'd be out in 20, 30 foot of water, and you just bucked the trend yeah. and fished a pattern. That I don't think I, I think you're right. I don't think a lot of people realize that that was going on. I can tell you, I didn't. You know, I know they eat birds, but I yeah. didn't, I didn't key in on it. And that that's that's amazing. That's impressive. Aaron, talk talk a little bit about yeah. the rod you use because I know that was an important part. I heard people all week saying they lost fish in toolies, and you seem like you landed most of the bites you got. Talk a little bit about yeah, the rod. And the line that you used yeah. to land all those fish. I had a, I had a, I had one really bad day where I, the first day I did all right, and I had, I didn't have a big wave bite. I didn't lose that many. The second day I, I was, I, I was kind of stupid. I had 16 and a half pounds, but I also should have had 20. I, I lost some really big ones. I never got the bite again either. But the second day they were biting a little funnier, and, and I kind of messed up and didn't make a hook change earlier than I should. I didn't do it early enough and I lost like 10 or 12 keepers. Well, like three or four of those were like four pounders, those big ones. And they, I never caught them again, I'm pretty sure. Once you hook them like that and bring them halfway back and they come off, they don't bite again. Yeah. So I switched from a three-out super heavy cover hook, which is a Gamagatsu, which was, it was just too much feel for flipping that far back in the reeds. And, and you know, when you're over like eight or 10 foot reeds or toolies, when you set the hook, you gotta break, you gotta, you gotta pull a lot of slack out of your line, you gotta pull a lot of, you know, you gotta, you gotta make some distance up, and, and you can't get the real solid hooks that you get when you're more vertical and straight to your base, so I, I made a hook change after the second day, I went to a, a four-out heavy cover, just a regular heavy cover, and uh, I didn't go, I, I got rid of the super one, and it's a lot thinner wire, smaller bar. Uh, but it had a big gap in it, and after I did that, I was back to normal. I only lost maybe two or three that I actually kind of hooked, but I caught almost every one that bit. And I, I paired it up with uh, the Sunline, the X1 uh, 30-pound braid, because the way I was fishing, I couldn't, I couldn't fish uh, fluorocarbon. It wouldn't, it, you wouldn't be able to get the fish in, so I had to use braids. I had to use light, you know, like lighter braid because of that. Right. That was That was probably the key. What about the rod? Because I know you're—that's a rod that you've designed that you're working on. Was that an important part of the the equation for you? Yeah, the last one, the last I didn't use my—I uh, was using a seven eight, like Enigma flipping stick, and I, and I had them—I had them all rigged up and stuff. By the, the second day, I could tell the the fish were moving back further. You know, they're they're kind of on the edge the first couple of days. You can catch a lot of fish on the edge. And, not a lot. It was kind of grind, but you could get bit on the edge. And as the days went on, I had to kind of move back further. And I, I noticed some of those fish I caught 
some of the keepers I caught, especially were, were bedfish back in the reef. But they were getting picked off of the edges, so I had to start getting back. And in the last, I got way back, so I had to go to a, a 7.6 extra heavy. And, uh, you know, I paired up with an 8.5 to 1 gear H of the Tinium, and it worked, it, it worked flawlessly. I haven't used that rod in a tournament situation like that yet. But it was the perfect rod for the situation because I had to, I had to move those fish real fast. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, once I took the hook on them, I had to reel as fast as I could and, and get them in as quickly as I could because if you go them get, like, their head turned or if you, like, like give them a little, little bit of slack or something, they'd wrap you up in the reeds. So I had to, I had to bring my bird back to the boat and, it, and I was, I, it ended up working really well. I mean, I, I wouldn't have gone any lighter than that rod. And if you go any heavier, it gets uncomfortable to fish all day. So it actually worked out perfectly. Right, right. Now we had a good, we just a had good, a question power. from one of our one of our viewers, and they want to know what bait were you using, and was it designed to imitate the birds exactly? No, I, I, they wrote articles on that. It, it was because I was keen on areas that had birds, but it wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't copying the hat. I mean, those fish were were eating birds, but they were eating a lot of crawdads too. So I didn't mess with that. A typical, uh, you know, three quarter ounce for the heavier one, a half ounce for the lighter one, uh, you know, bullet weight. Then I used a, uh, you know, bobber stopper with uh, the four out. And then I used one rod. I had the, the heavy rod, the heavy weight. I used a sea uh, crawl, a green pumpkin sea crawl with a with a punch skirt. And it was all just, I mean, both my rigs were green pumpkin. And uh lighter one, I used a, a green punch skirt with a rage crawl and green pumpkin. And that's, those are my two primary baits. I caught, I caught two fish this week on a drop shot that I weighed in, uh, that were off habitat. And I caught some on a center, big, you know, like an ounce and a quarter center bait. I caught some fish on that that I weighed in. I caught like five or, probably six bed fish. That I caught off the bed, and then the rest of them were flipping. So I, I mean, I kind of mixed it up. I did. I think I caught five or six off habitat. Uh, you know, five or six bed fish, and probably eight or ten uh, flip fish that I weighed in. Gotcha. gotcha. That, so that I was. I, I did a little. Bit. Aaron, this is Pete. That was. It was awesome watching Bassmaster Live, watching you do this stuff. But uh, something, <laughs> something that intrigued me that you said on Bassmaster Live was that you hate drop shotting. Is that true? I never I never have liked it. I don't like I don't like net fishing. I say that people think I'm, they think that's all I do, but I, I don't even like it. I'm a I'm a re- I like the move. I mean I like the I like, if I can if I can I'll I'll, I'll definitely pick moving over like a net fish there's a lot but there's a lot of times uh, when a finesse rig is more, your odds are better. Are your odds are uh, better getting the bite and getting the fish in the boat than they are on, say, on a reaction bait sometimes. And a lot of times I choose a, a drop shot or a Texas rig or something like that because my odds are if I throw this in there, I might put that fish and lose it. But if I get them on the drop shot, I'm going to catch them for sure. Is that a 60 or 70 percent chance I might catch them on that? But there's a 90 percent chance I'll catch them on this. So. I get stuck doing a drop shot a lot. It's a really productive, good way of catching fish. Even reaction-based fish, you know, in certain situations, will you know smoke a drop shot. But my favorite, my favorite lakes are like the river lakes, you know, Lake Mead and Havasu. And 
they're really kind of, I mean, at times they're, they're like power up and escalate. So even when you like drop shot them, you're not really drop shot slow. You're, you're really hitting targets and they're pitching fast. Um, and, but I mean, Havis is kind of like, that's one of those lakes you can do everything in one day, you know, and you can change up during the week and, you know, maybe drop shot in the morning one day and then conditions change and I might, you know, throw this in the morning and then drop shot the afternoon. It's just kind of something you got to kind of feel. And the river lakes are like that. I mean, they, they change constantly, especially, uh, we got lucky with the conditions. But normally, a lot of times we get monsoons or you get cloud cover, wind, and you might get a bluebird day, sky where there's not cloud in the sky, and, and all those all those conditions change. The river fish are real sensitive to that. And that's why I've always liked this lake, because you gotta, you got to adapt fast. you got to make your changes, and you can't can't be slow on it otherwise they'll bite you so you gotta be real it's taught me to be a real efficient efficient fisherman i guess you could say well well let, let me ask you this because you say you, you you're using a term that i haven't heard very much river lakes like most all southern reservoirs are damned river systems uh what, what is a river lake the river lakes are uh, the Colorado. I mean, that's what we that's what we call the Colorado River Lake. Uh, I mean, call them river lakes. That's what we call them they're because they're Mojave and Havasu are more like the river lakes. Lake Mead is. I mean, I still hear people say it's the river lake, but mainly in Mojave, there's like three lakes in a row. Is that's uh, a fresh name of the one below Havasu? Uh, I can't remember. I've been there. I fished it quite a few times. But those are they add they add, they fish more like rivers, kind of. They're kind of like a mix. You know, it's kind of got some big sections, but it's got a lot of water moving through it. Uh, it kind of it's got a constant flow. Even down lake, it flows pretty good. Uh, a lot of water flows, and it's narrower. It's not real wide, so we just call them river lakes. Uh, okay. Colorado River Lakes. That's what, I've, that's what I've always heard. That's what I've always called them for 25, 30 years. This is what it's been. Well, they certainly got a lot, of, a lot of water flowing through them all. And uh, that makes sense. It's interesting. Why? Uh, what's up with Lucky Number Thirteen? That was my. Uh, that was what I had to reach before I could win a tournament. I told my wife that by uh, beginning of this year that I had to get thirteen seconds before I could win a tournament. Because <laughs> I, I have I have really weird luck. I have. It just seems like I get held back a lot. Like something happens. I know it happens to all of us. But I've had a lot of weird stuff happen. I mean. That's constantly tournaments, first places, and that. But the second come real easy. Like for some reason, I get. <laughs> I wish I could get more first, but uh, I had 12 seconds. I figured I needed probably 13 seconds before I could start really. Maybe I could win one, and it, it, it happened. I got 13th, uh, la- you know, second, second place for the 13th time last week, and then, uh, then I told my wife, "See, I got 13 now. If I win, have it, and I went one have it." So I don't know. I don't know if it's just weird or I don't know. I, I, I don't really believe in luck, that. but sometimes I, mean, I, I feel I like it. You, I gotta tell you what's funny about happens. that. The 13 thing, Pete has the same superstition. <laughs> and, and, but it, hey, I, hey, I can it's barely not, hear you. I want to hear your saying. Uh, Pete has to wait 13 years before he gets laid. <laughs> so he goes once every 13 years before his wife bangs him. <laughs> That's that's hard. About thirteen years. Aaron, it's Dave here. So I, I guess I guess majority of the fans, you know, you view your thirteen, you view all these second places as some kind of a 
negative thing where we all see no. it. That's what enamors us to you is how amazing you are that you were right there. Like, you were right at the end of it in 13 events. Like, it's amazing, dude. Like, I don't know. I, I, please don't it's look fun. at it that way, you it's know? Really yeah, it's fun being there. I mean, it's just fun, but it's kind of, after a while, it's like, I, I mean, I saw Tipper first. I saw when he got second. I could tell. He's really bummed. And I, I know the feeling. <laughs> I, I, know, I know what it's like. That's, I've been there so many times, and, I, and, and, and different different circuits, too. I, I haven't just got a lot of seconds in bass. I got a lot of seconds in the Open, the U.S. Open. I got seconds in the Wombass Tournament. I, got, I mean, I got seconds my whole career. It's like second place has been just a, a normal for me. But after a while, I, I mean, the Delta is like, it's kind of like whatever. I mean, I, I was like, it's going to happen. I mean, it's just, it's just me. It's kind of, it's kind of. It's a good finish, and it doesn't bother me anymore, but he wants that first place so bad, and it's just like, you don't get a trophy for first. I mean, I got the old school trophy, now I got a new one. But, you know, there's this kind of, kind of get used to after a while. I mean, I, I, I've been second in some big ones, and it didn't last. Like, last week, I was happy, happy for Justin, and I got I got over second place really quick, even though I bombed one day. I, got, I had a little over 12 pounds one day, which really kind of killed me and that was my fault and as a, as a I fumbled the ball on that one but um, I was okay with second now I don't know if it's because Justin won or and I like Justin but I mean I like almost all the guys I, I say almost I, I like pretty much everybody pretty and much uh, I, I like everybody I like seeing him win I, I didn't like seeing Clifford <laughs> be bummed but did I mean, you get second I, place in the fever I've been, I've, been, <laughs> I've been bummed a lot I've been bummed a lot it happens. Does anybody? Do you, have any, do you have any? Does anybody even come close to you in second place finishes? You got to have like twice as many as everybody else in the history of the sport. No, I think Van Dam's got like eleven or twelve. But he's been fifteen ten years longer than I have. He's got a lot of wins. Yeah. He, yeah. I get second. He he wins them. You know, he he's got like twenty something wins. But he's only got like eleven or twelve seconds. But Aaron, that's the difference between think, you and the average competitor. You look at it and you're like, second place isn't good enough. I would, you know, I, I look at it and I'm just like, wow, you got second place all those times. I mean, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I'm just enamored by you. It, 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 it's, it's the money too, man. I, I, I could use the money. I want to get a new house. I've, I've been in the same house. It's a 40 year old house, and I don't. I can't. My, I've never had my boat in the garage my whole entire career. For uh, for almost 30 years, I've never had a boat in the garage. And I had I got to stay at my friend's house at Havison. He had a garage. I had my boat in the garage. And it was like so nice. I mean, I don't like the warm, but there's a few things I'd like to have, like a like a little pack of like a little uh, a workshop, you know, with some with some machines and stuff. So I could actually start making some bait. Yeah, you need that. But I can't do that unless I win some money. What about a Ferrari? Yeah, like wait, second place don't pay. They don't pay much. Second <laughs> place is pretty 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 not not good. Is I mean, it, it pays a little bit, but consider how much money we put into it, time and effort. And, I mean, you really got one of them to make some, you know, substantial money. Well, can I advise you on the type of garage that you want, Aaron? Here's, yeah. Here's what you want. You want to come home. You want to pull up to your garage. You want to click the button, open the door with your truck and your boat. You want to drive. You want to drive the whole rig in there. Yes. Right. The Get whole the hell rig, out of truck it. and yeah. boat. Park it, go inside, when you and you can work on your tackle when you got time, but when it's time to leave, you click a button, 
and the door in front of your truck opens and you drive out the other side. I know. That's exactly. That'd be so awesome. That'd be like a dream come true. That's what I want. <laughs> well, you're getting, you got to be, be getting close. That's what I want. I, 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 do, I do a lot of stuff to my boats. And I, I usually rig my, I do a lot of rigging on my own. And I rig my boat in like January, December, outside in Alabama and Birmingham. And I can't tell you how many times I rig my boat when it's like 18 degrees out. And, and, and it's not fun. I, I'm sick of it. I mean, I'm out there. And I could be in a nice warm garage. I'm out there and it's snowing on me. I'm trying to do stuff to my boat. I work on tackle. It's, just, it's getting old. I'm 42 now. I think I need to have my boat in a garage. <laughs> I think maybe not. Maybe it's, maybe it's good to have it outside. And I get out there and I sit in the cold and I'm miserable. Maybe that's getting me toughing me up for the season. I don't know. <laughs> A lot of people would be really look- really mad at you right now for talking about <laughs> the the smallness of your garage getting to fish for a living. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and they don't know what he goes through. You know. <laughs> they don't understand. <laughs> no, they don't understand. <laughs> Uh, it's it's good. I mean, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm, I have no I have no regrets. But I'm I'm working to get that house. So I can have a garage. Hey, we got we Aaron. But we got yeah, a, we got, I, a, I, we got some instant message questions for you right now. Hey, Aaron, it's J3 here. We 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 were talking about this earlier. We want to know your thoughts. What do you think about a tournament? Instead of getting up early in the morning, a little sleep in time. Ten to six would be the hours. Good or bad idea? A really good idea. <laughs> okay. <Yes. laughs> Next question. What was one of the most frustrating things this past tournament in Havasu? Most frustrating thing is losing a dozen fish the second day. That was one of the worst days of my career. I never, I've never done that. All right. Uh, and that was definitely fun. I was, uh, I was liking out there. Yeah, he'd be proud of me. I kind of lashed out a few times. <laughs> I was getting, I was getting, I was getting, I was getting really mad, dude. I'm talking like I've never been, I haven't been that mad. I mean, I mean, I was, uh, yeah, I was like shaking, man. What, what did you? Was Was it worse than the time you dropped to your knees and cried with the Hooters girl standing nine feet away from you in Pittsburgh? (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was that bad or worse because it happened like so many times. And, 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 and I get bent and get ready for it. And I steal down and bam, nail them. And they give me the top of the water and start skiing them in and they come off. And that, that just doesn't happen normally. It was weird, a weird day. But that was like, yeah, that was up there with the top days, the uh, bad days I've had did, in my career. Did you break any of those Enigma rods? What'd you do? <laughs> you can't break them. Question number Danger. three. Have you ever confused fishing with volleyball and spiked a fish? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I did. I, I, I'll, I'll give you an embarrassing moment. I have it the third day. I threw back a three pounder that I could have kept. And I was still, no, I'm sorry. The second day, it was my, it was my, it was my worst day in my career. And, and my fifth fish, I snagged it man, in the head. And it was a three pounder, a good three pounder. And I got so mad, I ripped the hook out, threw it back. And I was like, but that was after I lost like twelve fish. And I was like, oh shit! I, should, I mean, I didn't say that. 
I should, I should have kept that one. I should, I should have called Triple H. I didn't have the rule sheet with me. I wasn't paying attention because I worked too hard. I don't read stuff. I just kind of work and do the best I can. And I, I was thinking of California. And I weighed a two-pounder in that day. So I actually threw a one-pound. I, I penalized myself a pound the second day. Wow, it's still. I warm. should have had seventeen. It was a good. It was a good pound difference. And I ended up catching them. My, my fifth fish was a two-pounder. Oh. That was a. That was an embarrassing, upsetting moment for me. I was hoping that it wouldn't cost me a tournament. But I went out there, and the next two days I fished like I fished probably a little more hard because of that, I didn't want it to cost me. I, I would, it would be my luck, kind of. That'd be the kind of deal that would cost me a tournament. Like, I mean, I've thrown dead. I like that one, that rest lane one that at. I don't know, like in that southern Alabama, we had it at uh, Lake Jordan, and I and I killed all those fish that were dying on me in my live hole, and I I couldn't do anything to save them. Came in cold, ice, nothing helped. And I threw all those fish back, I, and I ended up weighing three dead ones, dead fish in them. I had like 22, 23 pounds at one time, at one point. But I threw back and got all the way down to 20 pounds, and then I killed three fish, and then wrestling beat me by four ounces. That's, that's just, that's just wow. kind of like my career's gone. So I, I thought, after I threw that one back and found out it was a legal fish, I kind of, I had a bad feeling about it. I, I should have, that was a lot of weight to throw back, and I, I might need that weight, you know, but luckily it didn't cost me. Wow. This is, that was an embarrassing uh, moment. Th- this is a question for both Ike and Aaron. When do you guys think the West Coast will get an open circuit? Do you think it'll ever happen? You mean the bass open? Yeah. Well, I mean, it does yeah. in the past. That's how I qualify. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard question. I mean, I don't know why they don't. Uh, maybe because, I mean, it is kind of down on the West Coast, if you think about it. The, the circuit zones, they used to draw 100, 120 to 160 boats, and a lot of the, a lot of the circuits on the West Coast are drawing, like, 60 boats now. And a lot of it is because of the restrictions. You can't just go from lake to lake anymore. I mean, you got so many restrictions because of the cargo muscles that it makes really it makes it really hard for tournament anglers to fish tournaments now because you have to a lot of times have your boat inspected or or you have to have a wire on it and have it in the like they keep it though. Some of the places have to keep your boat for 30 days before you can launch it, and it just makes it hard now to fish out there. That's California. I mean, with the regulations, it's ridiculous. Aaron, this is Dave here. So listen, Aaron, on the show, we have a a rapid-fire question section. And these are questions tonight that are actually submitted by fans. Now, Mike, it's going to be a tag team format tonight where I'm going to ask Aaron a rapid-fire question, then I'll ask you one. And again, these are all submitted by fans. And Aaron, these questions start off pretty easy, and they sometimes get progressively a little more challenging to answer. (laughs) Gotcha. Or offensive. Or offensive. Aaron, I'm going to start with you, okay? And this is an easy one. What's drier, the California drought or Ike's beer taps in his bar right now? (laughs) I know he's got beer, so that's the California weather, but you guys are out of beer beer tap? Been out for a month. Yeah, he's left us here wow. for three shows I, now, and they've been dry since one show. Yeah, man, you're not at, you're not I, you're not at this at that place. So if you're in Havasu, they don't have any beer taps dry in Havasu. <laughs> no, no, so, we're full here. So what's your Aaron, what's your answer, Aaron? He said California. Oh, California's dryer. Okay. Mike. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So our, own, our very own J3 here is a motivational speaker. 
Who would you rather get a motion, motivational speak, uh, speech from, Mike? J3 or C3PO? <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to say CP3O from Star Wars. <laughs> oh, definitely. man. Definitely. All right, and for the fans... Robots are smart, man. Robots are smart, especially Gold LeMay. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> it is Gold LeMay. Yeah, that sound like Mel Brooks. Out- outstanding. So f- for those of you that don't know, Aaron Aaron is a Aaron is a, uh, a marathon runner. Aaron's a very fit guy. He- he's uh, very conscious of what he does with his body. So, Aaron, what disgusts you more, catching a skinny bass or watching fat people eat? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't want to offend any. I don't want to offend any heavy people. Yeah, I, I, they're, they're, um, I think you already. I try did. to help people. I, I try to help my friends all the time again to eat healthier. But uh, uh, if I had to pick one, uh, sometimes what people put in their body, what people put in their body, kind of makes me. I don't want to get offended by. It. I feel like they shouldn't be doing it. So I guess. A heavy person needs something real unhealthy that's kind of bothering me more. You can say fat. You can say fat, buddy. You're on like live. Yeah. You're not on skeet live where you got to say, you know, uh, scale challenge or something. Yeah, I've been fat before. I've been 235. I know it's like I can say it. 235. No kidding. Wow. I'm like, really? I'm like 190 right now. So I've been uh, I've been 190. Uh, I've been about 40, 50 pounds heavier than I am. Wow. Wow. That's disgusting. Yeah. For a little while, I was like that for about six years. And I was like, screw that, and I got lean again. Much better to be lean. It's, you can move so much easier and jump around. I, I like those like. It's good. It's good to be lean. Good for you, man. Mike, yo, Mike. True or false? Your boat loses five to ten miles per hour. When Brian's in the passenger seat without a helmet on. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. The drag from the ear. That's an ear joke. Uh, both ears <laughs> cause a lot of wind drag. Thank you. Sure. Uh, can't see them, but they're on All right, there. Aaron. Five-foot Lake Erie rollers or California dispensary rollers? <laughs> wow. One's illegal. Are you talking about illegal? Are you talking about drugs or something? <laughs> What's a, what's a California dispensary? What are you talking about? Legalized weed, man. <laughs> Aaron, if you didn't hear it, our very own Pete Glusek is such a stiff, he didn't even know the California legalized weed. He thought, he thought we were talking about sushi. Yeah. 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 A new roll? So where are you going, Aaron? What, what dispensary roller are you talking about? Kush? Which one are you talking about? Yeah. Gra- grape ape? I mean, come on. <laughs> Which one do I don't? I mean, what was the question again? Which one do I... All right. So would you choose a five-foot Lake Erie roller or a California dispensary roller? I'm not going to say California dispensary roller. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, man. Feeding the fence a good angle. They don't scare me. I'm at 9.1 feet. I'm fine with it. Next question. All right. Mike. This is from a viewer. What? Oh, that's bad. That's a bad sign, Mike. That, that means Dave wrote this one. What, what received Ike's wrath worse? 
Oh, Dave's boy. 82 Dotson when he DQ'd you at Wilson's? <laughs> or one of your light posts after a massive fish kill? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's the easy one, Dave. The Dotson. The Dotson. I mean, dude, that is, that is Wilson Lake gravel shrapnel all <laughs> down the side. Dude, it looked like you were in a Camden freaking shootout. <laughs> oh, man. We have to tell that full story someday. Yeah, we can. We can get into it someday. All right, Aaron, here's your last question. Again, submitted by a viewer. <laughs> this is a scenario survival situation. All right. Yeah. If, if forced I- to... <laughs> Whose fingers would you rather have make you an on-the-water sandwich? Ike's fingers after dipping into a jar of gulp all day? Or Skeet's fingers after rooming with Velvic all week? I know, I know, I know. Skeet's not doing that. (laughs) And the gulp, the gulp don't bother me. Uh, so you're Making to go with the goal. I mean, I kind of, I, I kind of don't trust either one of them. I mean, what are they trust <laughs> don't trust anybody's fingers. <laughs> uh, all right, Mike. Last question. Last question. I'll think I can one. All right. I can make me. <laughs> all right, Mike. What has a higher chance of survival? Pete wearing his leopard print robe wandering aimlessly through West Baltimore <laughs> or a bucket full of bass in a live well you are unfamiliar with <laughs> I'd have to go with Pete with bathrobe uh, fresh meat alright well that, that concludes uh, the, this evening's uh, episode of rapid fire <laughs> That's awesome. Outstanding. Yeah, That's awesome. yeah. Well done, Dave. Hey. The hey. viewers, the viewers submitted. Well done, viewers. <laughs> the viewers. Uh, hey, let me uh, let, let's wrap this up. Take Aaron, thank you for calling us. I know you're driving back. You want to get back and see Leslie and the kids. Thanks for taking time out for Ike Live. Congratulations again. Congrats. And, and I'll see you in like a week. I'll see you at Lake Fork. Yeah. Fork. We're going to have to catch 30 pounds a day to win that one. Good job, Aaron. Thanks for coming on, Thanks, Eric. Congrats, buddy. Good job. Safe trip home. Great, baby. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Oh, there's Steli. There you go. That was A.A. Ron Martins. Yeah, that was fun. Wow. He's cool, man. I got to tell you, those fans submit some pretty awesome rapid fire questions yeah, with right. a lot of inside knowledge man they uh they really watch the show and pay think, attention how do you think they knew about the uh the dotson the old dotson incident that was pretty that was pretty impressive maybe it was one of four other people that were there when it happened that uh, submitted you think, it you think it was uh don palasso no nah. or was it uh dexter <laughs> how many points do i need to make it to the classic <laughs> 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 uh, all right, folks. Man. What else we got? What all else right. We got? Um, well, I got some. What? Pete Klusik? How about how, how about Major League Fishing on CBS on Saturday? What? I I had my neighbor track me down while I was parking my boat in my driveway, uh, commenting about uh, the fishing tournament on CBS on Saturday. 
I didn't even know they were on CBS. Well, I, I didn't know it either. I didn't get to watch it. But I can tell you this, that Major League Fishing, there's something about that show. I mean, it's uh, every single customer I get talks about, do I like Major League Fishing? How much they love it. I've never heard a negative comment about the viewership from the viewership perspective. Now, they do a good job. They love watching that show. And the fact that they were on a major network, I mean, that's who else is doing that? That's pretty significant. Another show, by the way, which focuses on not catching fish. (laughs) 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 They have an entire show about not catching fish, and it can't stop getting ratings. Because that's most of us, I probably. I, <laughs> you know? Everybody can relate. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, something else. I, just, I mean, I you know what? I would mention This it. conversation on our last show, before I watched Bass Live, mm-hmm. I, I would have been like, yeah. you know." But now that I'm watching Zona uh, 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 narrate when these guys are competing, I mean, it's it's taking out MLF for me, man. What do you think about Lake it? Try, pitch, try pitching that to a network. I got a great show concept. A bunch of guys going fishing and not catching anything. Well, we kind of have that now. A bunch of guys sitting around talking about nothing. (laughs) You know, like we kind of did that. (laughs) Successfully. Peace out. Peace out. Hey, Mike, put Becky back. Can you put the headset on, Becky? There was a rapid-fire question for her. I got a rapid-fire question for you real quick. You've got to take over. Beck live. Beck, you're on. This is Dave. We just did rapid fire. We just concluded it. But a viewer did submit a question for you. And the question is, what costs more money on the West Coast swing? The fuel to get out there or your Internet shoe order you placed while en route? <laughs> I don't think I, I ordered shoes en route, did I? Because I was stuck driving because Mike had to go and have his leg cut open. So the gas. There you go, caller. <laughs> love you back. Uh, happy Mother's Day again. I love you too. You're making Pete's customers happier by every second. <laughs> yep. I'm here for you. All right, bye guys. Uh, wait, one more thing, Beck. Beck, one more thing. Becky. Wait. I just strangled my wife with the headphones. All right, here's something we've got to uh, draw attention to. Uh, is we have to now, at this time, according to my calculations, we're about uh, eight minutes out. We've got to pick a winner from the Watch Ike Live Live photo contest. Brian, a.k.a. The Carpenter, a.k.a. Spock, a.k.a. Ding Dong. <laughs> perch Jerker. <laughs> per- Wait, what is Perch Jerker, by the way? I, I mean, Perch Jerker. It's an I, insult. I, I don't know, is it? Yeah, I would think it's an insult. I don't know which one I like better, Ding Dong or Perch Jerker. I like the Ding Dong one. Well, we'll go with uh, that. I, I've been I've been keeping an eye here on uh, uh, on the social media posts. Good. We've got some phenomenal, phenomenal submissions, man. Yeah. Um, how do you want to handle the selection of tonight's winner? I'd like to. It's pretty amazing. I'd like to just make you do it. I think you just pick. Want to make best. me do it? I mean, yeah. look, this is just Instagram, real quick. And look at all these submissions in wow. one night. That's pretty impressive. Look at that. Any bikini ones? Well, we, we don't have any any bikinis, but we did have um, that amazing submission. I, I, I showed that earlier in Winning. the show. 
winning. That was a great one. I I would say that's in my top three. Agreed. How about the guy uh, on the bath on the toilet with the beer? The guy on the toilet uh, definitely is in my top three. Agreed. I would say that was in my top three. Right. The uh, um, the wallpaper almost like uh, locks that one up. That wallpaper really kicks it up a notch. It poke it poke at that wallpaper. Now look at this one. Uh, this one comes from the Bearded Wonder eighty five. Just look at the body physique on Ooh. this guy. Oh. oh, that wins, dude. Come on. Hot, dude. Come look on, man. He did like a Kim Kardashian selfie. Dude, <laughs> looking that... like Duck Dynasty, no, wait, dude. Wait. Is that one leg or two? That's awesome. Yeah. That's wow. one leg. That's, That's one, one leg? leg? That's a thigh, dude. That's <laughs> one is, big ass that one leg. leg. That could uh, feed a whole tribe like in the Congo, dude. Wow. <laughs> That's a Man, there's, leg. there's some good ones. I like that here. one. There's I like some the... good ones. Hang on, we got a guy on IM. He says a guy. He said, "Do you want me to submit one of me wearing a bikini?" And I wrote back, "Yes." I <laughs> will see if that one comes through in a minute. You better hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> you better hurry. We're making this decision in two minutes. Yeah, you're you about done, up. dude. Your humor should have happened about two hours ago. <laughs> I like hey, the, I don't know. We're might, taking it to a vote. My vote is the bearded dude with the triple thigh on the ground. <laughs> that thigh. dude's a riot, man. They say the bearded guy needs pasties. He's out. I get the humor on that, though. I mean, that was awesome. Come yeah, on. It was. It was. It was solid. Uh, well, we do have. Let me let me show you. And, and speaking of some of the best photos, I I switched from Instagram oh. to Twitter, and here on watching Ike live in the hot tub. Look at this. That's pretty good. Yeah. Although we That's don't we don't see the Ike live good. in the background. Yeah, there's no Ike live. It's just a selfie of him and his and his attractive well, significant other. Well, he's the first one to post a attractive significant other. That's yeah. Scott Edmonds that submitted that, that one hour ago. Shout That's out to Scott. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. Pretty good. Scott, Pete's customers will now stalk your attractive significant other. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wait a minute. The Don posted one. And he's not in it, but look at look at the liquor to the right tree. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. We got a bunch of alkies watching the show. It's perfect. <laughs> oh wait, wait a minute. Here we've got one with uh, somebody watching Ike Live, and look at the screen above Ike Live. Shack. Shack. Yeah, I saw that. That's Shaq. We've made the mainstream. We're in the same, same ballpark. It's pretty impressive. I don't know. Let's take a vote, guys. You want to vote on this? Uh, I'm thinking, uh, man, there's a lot of good ones here. What do you think? Well, I, I, go ahead, Brian. I got Polka Dot Potty. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm liking Polka Dot Potty. I'm with you on that one. I'm going with Beard, Selfie, Bearded Lady. Bearded lady, Jill the bearded lady. <laughs> yeah. Pete, I'm with the bearded lady. Okay, I'm, so we got one for I'm bearded with you lady. Guys. Pete, what are you voting for? I don't know. I haven't seen one that I like. <laughs> what? <laughs> Pete's that guy at the restaurant that's a dick with his menu. Like, the waitress is coming back a hundred different times. You know, she's frustrated, but trying to act nice so she can get a tip. And Pete's just like, uh, I don't know. You know, What like, are the specials again? Yeah. yeah. What are, you know, some... Do you have foie gras? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't cooked right. Take the shit back. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes they just got to get it right. I don't. I. I get. I got it. You know, what, Mike. Mike, keep peeling. Pete's not ready. Mike, what's your vote? 
You know, I I I saw a lot there um, that I liked, and uh, I think at this and there, and there's we got ones coming in constantly. Here's one with with a young man with Billy the Bass on the back wall. That's hot uh, and a lot of rods. Glide. That's a great one. Uh, I I still I I gotta say the one with the guy taking a dump is gonna yep. be my. That's vote. it. No matter what Pete votes on, it don't matter. It's three. It's three. You know. But there's yeah. a, but that's an old shot. You don't think that's tonight? Oh. <laughs> Ooh. That was Photoshopped. That's Photoshop. Or this one. That's a good one. Hold on. Bri- Brian and J3 are investigating a photo. <laughs> what do you got? Dave knows we got something good, and he wants a part of it. That's what do you got, what man? We're going, we're going poke it up potty. Clock All right. Up. Sorry. Everyone else. Sorry, scale challenge guy with a beard on the ground. No, nah, he, was, he was definitely. I yeah, tried, right. man. That was pretty awesome. Poke it up, body it is. Oh, congratulations. All right. Get in the pack. I know, I don't think I've ever took a dump with a hat on. All right, so who's the winner? We talking bathroom winner? Yeah. Poke it up, potty. The potty winner <laughs> is, is the winner of tonight's Ike Live. Uh, you are going to receive the amazing grand prize of a Tackle Warehouse gift pack, which includes a hat. It includes a $25 Tackle Warehouse gift card, a koozie, and a bumper sticker that you can stick anywhere, including on your bathroom wall to offset the horrible polka dots <laughs> that your wife put up as wallpaper. <laughs> hey, All right. Give us one to Mike. you got to answer this in three words. All right. So wh- Why don't we do this? Why don't we open it up to... Oh, Mike, real quick. Tell him how to... He's got to send us the address somehow. Okay, yes. Yeah, so... Uh, the winner tonight, let me reference it one more time, Poker is fishing. Poker Fishing. That's P-O-K-E-R-F-I-S-H-I-N. Poker Fishing. Uh, if you will send us a direct DM, a DM, a direct message, with your address, we will be sure to get that out to the ma- in the mail to you recently. Oh, but wait, we have two options, right? We can get it to you without a signature. We want to talk about that. Oh yeah, go we'll ahead. We'll get it to you. No, no go ahead. Talk about that. Uh, okay. Uh, if you want the hat signed and you don't mind waiting about three weeks, we'll sign that hat for you. The whole you'll entire... sign the hat. No, we will. The entire cast of Ike Live will okay. sign the hat okay. and get it sent to you. If you just want the hat without any signatures. We'll have it to you within a week. <laughs> it's going to be even Here's funnier. He's like, ah, just take the hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> well, can, the A3 signature's got to be worth at least an extra dollar. Can, can I just get that It's the astronaut helmet. Yeah, but that extra motion might rip his shirt, dude. <laughs> extra small? Sorry, man. I... <laughs> it's a schmedium. Schmedium. It's a small. <laughs> it's a small. <laughs> Jersey hey, show. I am rocking a ta- the 80s tank top tonight. Nice. I don't know if you noticed that. Italian horn. Okay. Look. Mike, this guy. I got to have this. Go ahead. We got an IM here, okay? And let's open it up. Three questions we'll answer because everybody asks off the wall questions all night long, and we try to incorporate them. It's very difficult, but we try to get you answered as best as possible. And I was cleared by Brian to to <laughs> let this guy have it. We got a gigantic pain in my ass, okay? <laughs> Royal. He has put the question up on the instant message board at least 50 times. He's worse wow. 
He's worse than your four-year-old asking you, dad, 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 and you just want to football kick him down the stairs. So here we go. For the gigantic pain in the ass, both Ike and Amart, which isn't on the phone anymore, what's your take on the Toyota Texas Bass Class? Classic. I personally love Fork, but did either of you prefer Conroe over Fork, or would you entertain a different lake? So I guess the first part of that, uh, personally, the guy loves Fork, but did either of you prefer Conroe over Fork? So Lake Conroe or Lake Fork, which one? Gotcha. Uh, I, it's actually an okay question. I don't know if they need to ask it 30 times, but the, uh, I'd say the answer <laughs> to that is I like the variation. Um, I'd like to see them actually move the TTBC to a different location every year. Um, Conroe's great. Conroe's a challenge. It's a, a more difficult fishery. Fork's got a million big ones in it, and you've got to fish through timber and deep water. But I'd like to see them change it up every year. The problem is when you start having it on the same place, you'll get a guy like Keith Combs. Nothing against Keith Combs, but you'll get a guy like Keith Combs that he'll go there and camp there for months at a time. He'll learn the fishery intimately. Um, and he knows that it'll be there over the next couple years. So he's got a huge advantage. I'd like to see the TTBC move to a different Texas fishery every year. Have it at Fork, have it at Conroe, have it at Rayburn, have it at Toledo. You know, move it around. Amistad, Falcon. Um, that's my opinion on the TTBC. Move that damn tournament around. Don't put it on the same place every year. Cool. Very cool. Thanks for your persistence. Hmm. I am guy. <laughs> what else we got, Pete? Do you want to? You want to? Uh, do you want to mention any updates on Bash University, Pete? I noticed a hat laying there on the table earlier. Yeah. What's going on with BTV? Sign up for Bash UTV. Get our cool new hat. Yes. Thanks for noticing. I didn't get one. I yeah, signed I up. Damn it. Well, we don't give you much. He's stingy up. with the hats. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's lots of stuff to plug. Uh, right now, uh, Justin Lucas on Bass University TV in the library with his wacky Senko, wacky you know stick bait technique. That's that's hot. Um, Bass University TV is going on. I'd like to also, um, yeah, well, I'd like to invite anybody to check it out. Subscribe. It's gonna we build better anglers. It's gonna help you be a better fisherman. I am teaching and guiding on the Delaware River and the Upper Chesapeake. Check me out at peakluzek.com. Check my available dates if you guys want to come out. The fish are giant on the Chesapeake. They're big. They're biting right now. The Delaware River's coming on fire. Uh, look me up at peakluzek.com and check out Bash University TV. And I'll, and I'll second that. Pete's been mentoring me for five years now i mean it's been a while i don't know how long it's been but somebody was commenting on that the other day and i'm like it's been a long time but we went out uh on the bay the other day and tore them up pretty good so yeah. was it motivational no it was not motivational <laughs> like does he have a name for you like skipper and gilligan like little buddy like does he call you anything <laughs> you know what do you call do you call him sensei four. like what do you we we can't we can't disclose that over the air at this time so you don't you don't even throw you don't even throw your your your, your number one student sensei pete doesn't give his number one student any not even a hat no well we hooked john up <laughs> with the best of the best 
And uh, John, John, I'd be on. You know, not everybody's like John. You know, I I fish with a lot of guys. I fish with with guys that kind of wanted to fall on their plate. They're not willing to put in the work. They're not willing to to do what it takes to make it to the next level. And John is. John's John's working hard. He's studying hard. He's fishing. You know, he's going out doing the uh, doing the Marshall program, which I highly recommend. As as the carpenters hindering me. <laughs> yeah. You know, in in all honesty, I mean, you don't just get to fish the elites, dude. You got to hustle, man. You got to grind. You got to commit. You got to sacrifice. No, I have no it's doubt a, J3's got all of that stuff, it's, dude. It's hard. I'm it's just hard. saying you at least have an extra small shirt for him to rock. That's all, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, J3's got a good, you know, he's built. You know, whatever. If I was built like you, I'd wear extra small shirts. Hey, this think, is actually think, an extra large. It looks extra small, but don't. That's at least a 2X. Nah, well, dude. Well, I, I haven't put this shirt on in about 15 years. That's a 1X? Yeah, man. Yeah, and it, wow. yeah, I could swim in it. Since he brought it up, and we're going to do the motivational moment. 30 Might seconds. as well go right into it. So I see it all the time where you'll see somebody very successful in some kind of sporting event, and they'll say, well, he came out of nowhere, and I, you know, I'm not big into basketball or football or any of that stuff. So, but everybody knows that guy where they're like, all of a sudden he came out of nowhere. Well, nobody comes out of nowhere. Like, ten seconds. Hey. No, go ahead. I like where this is going. So you hear this all the time in MMA. Go ahead, dude. But nobody comes out of nowhere. I mean, Damn right. You know, perfectly like you know Mayweather. You know, somebody said the other day. You know, why did he make $1.2 million or whatever he made on that flight? And I, and I argued it with him. I said, well, wait a second. $180 million. Whatever he made. Who cares? He deserved every penny of it. How many, how many years did he spend in the gym eating right, you know, missing stuff with his family? Beating, and up, being, beating up his girlfriends? Right. At being least, totally focused. At least four or five times. In the gym. Hey, that's training. Everybody needs training. <laughs> You know, but, you know, they spend diligently just 24-7 focused in the zone. Mike knows, I'm sure, Mike's missed many birthdays, many times with his kids, trying to make it happen. And that's what it takes. So, um, today's motivational moment, focus on success like your life depends on it. Because it does. You know, if you're in your career, it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. Whatever it is... Focus on success like your life depends on it because your life does depend on you being successful. Well, I'll it's, take it. it. it and I, and I'll, I'll talk on that point because Justin Lucas here tonight won his first, you know, elite tournament, his first professional tournament. And everybody's like, he's the young gun. He's just brand new. This is his sixth year as a pro. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's been right. doing it for a while. Yeah, yeah it, he's not yeah. fresh out the box here. It's, you know? it, yeah, it's not a, it's not, it seems overnight, but it's his sixth year. A lot of work there. Right. And a point and, well yeah. taken. I, I feel almost feel this duty. I watched something Saturday night, and it's been a very long time that I've been impressed by a boxing match. But HBO put on a fight between James Kirkland and um, and Canelo Alvarez. I recommend guys. If you want to watch, not a boxing match, a fight, it only goes three rounds. Please, YouTube this. Canelo Canelo Alvarez, James Kirkland fight from Saturday night. It was an awesome box. Not a boxing match. It was an awesome fight. It was actually what boxing was when we grew up in the 80s watching it. 
it was pretty cool, man. Duking it out, or it, yeah, it was a slugfest. It was. Slug, they, they weren't bite boxing. The guy's ear off like nah, Tyson, nah. Or? There was no, there was no ear bites, man. <laughs> I eat the children. Well, you're, you're. I mean, what do you think of the Mayweather fight? Pee pee. Uh, it, was, it was terrible. It, it was horrible. We're not talking about it. We're not it. even going to talk about it because it was absolutely it was terrible. A mockery. See, I dispute that. All right, good. Dispute it when we're at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have to wrap this shit All's up. All Mayweather does is win. He didn't win because he wasn't fanatical or crazy about the way he won. All he does is win. But they, everybody cracked down on him because he was a defensive fighter and wasn't spectacular. But... Screw that hippie. He's got more wins than any... Well, he's about to tie the all-time wins in boxing. Other I, than I Kirkland. Pretty, pretty impressive. Really? Uh, you yeah. watched it? You talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. I can't see. I got X mark right over your face. You actually watched that? What, the fight? Yeah. Well, I watched the ESPN highlights. Oh, so you didn't see the fight. <laughs> so you took a big shit on me in my report that I studied on with the fish. You didn't even watch the friggin' fight, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that fight was awful. That was horrific. Awful. Not one guy yeah. had a bruise on him. No, yeah. yeah. Each guy looked like he, yeah, he could take a prom picture. On the best. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what I didn't like about it was how uh, Pacquiao... Even though you didn't say it. Go ahead. Well, I didn't like the way he complained about his injury. All right. Yeah. You know, I didn't well, like enough. that. You well, know? how about how about uh, John Murray? John Murray? At Havasu. What did he complain about? His injuries. He had a good tournament. Yeah, he had he had a cut finger and uh, some tendonitis. Did he really? Cut finger? Yeah. No kidding. Mike finger. Mike three finger. Hi, Mike. Hey, yeah. hey, speaking of injuries, Mike, I'm sure the people want to know, Mike, how's your leg doing? Huh? How's your leg? Oh, leg is great. Leg is great. I actually I have, I have taken off the compression sock. Uh. I've taken off the compression sock totally. Uh, the scar is healing. I'm feeling good. I'd say I'm 80, 85 to 90 percent back. So thank you for asking about the leg. It's awesome. very good. Legs. Awesome. Thank you. Well, good for you. Thank you. All right. Let's wrap this up, huh? Yeah, that was good show, guys. Yeah, I was entertained. Yeah, great show. Great show. Exciting show. Let me let me real quick. Let me wrap up a couple things and remind everybody um, that if you missed it or if you know a buddy or a friend or an uncle or a buddy or whatever and they want to hear this show you can download this anytime you can download the ike live show right on mikeignelli.com or very exciting brian the carpenter aka ding dong <laughs> we are on itunes and stitcher yes is that correct yes it's correct yeah and you can download us anytime on itunes and stitcher and while you're there especially on itunes uh, write a review if you like Please the show. Write a review. If you're if you're watching the show in, in the bathroom with polka dots taking a dump and you like it, write a review and let us know why you like the show. Much appreciated. Uh, also, and want to remind you, uh, please log on to one of our social media sites and uh, and like it. Uh, Ike Live Show, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Check us out and please check out the X mark. Take back your weekend promotions. Brian, are we going to run that at the end of the show or no? Okay. Yeah, I, I think we should, you. Maybe. Okay. Oh, maybe? Just check it out. Uh, uh, Xmark sweepstakes, uh, take back your weekend promotions, submit a video, your chance to win a brand new lawnmower, or the crappy second place prize of the day fishing with me. Um, what else we got, Brian? Uh, hey, guys, listen. I think that's about it, man. Well, I was just going to suggest something. For people who aren't familiar with podcasting, 
the if you're not watching it live, when you have your yes. commutes on your way to your tournaments, it's a great opportunity to just listen to the audio only. Or sit your phone right. up on your dashboard and you can you know, you can peek at the show every now and then. But it's a great opportunity to watch and listen to the show while you're on your way to your events in the morning. You know, you don't have to watch it live. You guys right. can listen to it anytime you want. Or sitting in church or while your wife's bitching at you, put the earbuds in and working out. Tune that shit out. <laughs> Washing the dog. That's it. Laying concrete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey Mike, when we getting you back in the studio? Um, so the good news is I will officially be back in the studio for the June show of Ike Live, which is very exciting. Um, so it looks like we've got one more show potentially that we're going to do uh, remotely like this. And this has been great. But in June, I can't wait to get back in the studio with Same you here. guys. We're going to have a blowout show. We'll have some special guests. Yes. Um, I'll refill the, the, the beer kegs, so we'll have some fresh beer. Uh, oh! What's she saying? What's she saying? Beck said, you guys could refresh the beer kegs as a gift. Ah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Don't it got in quiet in, in the like studio, Mike. Like, it got the worst beer you could ever imagine. You're invaded by crickets. Uh. Uh, uh, let, let's wrap it up. Uh, let me let me thank everybody. Let me thank all you guys in the studio. Uh, J3, uh, Brian DeCarpenter, Dave, A.K. Fatty, A.K. Wharf, Pete Lusick. Thank you, guys. Um, great show. Looking forward to another great one coming up. Thank you for joining us. And once again, we want to hear from you. Chime in. Let us know what you think about the show. Ike Live from the West Coast. And we out. Peace. Hey folks, Mike Iaconelli here, and you know what I'm going to do when I take back my weekend. I'm going fishing. Xmark.com slash weekends. Submit your video on how you're going to take back your weekends for a chance to win an Xmark mower, cool outdoor gear, and a chance to fish with me. Yeah! What's your favorite way to enjoy a weekend? Create and submit your Take Back Your Weekends video at xmark.com slash weekends for a chance to win one of 18 prize packages valued at over $31,000.